1: All the galaxies,
0: all for you.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, also known as the IPC. We are broadcasting live right here on Channel 1138.com, and boy, oh boy. This episode, guys, it's a, it's a doozy, all right? If you've seen the title, yeah, you know where this is going, and it's something that I didn't expect to happen. And uh, yeah, you guys, we got another top five episode. Um, if you've submitted your list, you know all about it, and a lot of you have submitted your list. We got a bunch tonight and it's gonna be a heck of a lot of fun um before we get into it of course introductions are in order my name is ben and joining me it is my returning guest co-host he is a youtuber a fan extraordinaire of all things geeky and, and especially video games it is my good friend mr Chris Abbott, A.K.A. Star Raptor. How's it going, man? Hey,
0: Ben, and hey, everybody. Uh, yeah, I got a pretty big shoes to fill here, uh, going in the shoes of Mr. Zach Arnold, and uh, I'm gonna do my best. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a different energy, probably this show. But hey, you know what? The good thing is, I'm going to talk about video games, so I I can get pretty excited and into the weeds when I talk about video games. So I have no doubt in my mind that at least some of you might appreciate. Uh, the banter and me just going going away there, but yeah, it's 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 really fun when I get to talk about games as I always do um, with this, or when you guys occasionally bring me on with the Star Wars Underworld. We talk about Star Wars gaming in, in specific, and we're going to talk a lot about Star Wars gaming uh, with looking at some of these lists that I've seen already. So it's it's going to be a good show and. Yeah, you know, we might talk about something that's very recent off the top as well, which I have just got done watching. So I'm looking forward to getting into that, too.
1: Yes. So as you mentioned, let's let's just break the ice here and, uh, you know, let it all let it all out here. Of course, you, you some of you know, maybe you don't know. Um, tonight's topic will be top five video game characters. Now, I don't think I realized, like, how wide of a swath of a thing that we were dipping into here with this one. This was your suggestion, Chris, and because I came to you, I'm like, okay, I'm planning a show. Zach's going to be out, and you're the go-to video game guy in my book. Like, you're that guy. So, like, I want to do something with video games because we don't talk about video games. Me and Zach, we're not that big video gamers. So it felt right to bring you into the fold and actually get someone who knows what they're talking about and is just super enthusiastic about this stuff. And we've already done top five video games. <laughs> we already did that episode a while back. I wanted to do that one with you, but I looked at our, our our episodes. I'm like, crap, we've already done that. So top five video game characters, and you guys have submitted a bunch of lists already. If you're in the chat right now, you can submit your list um, as well. And uh, definitely do that in the next little while. Um, There will be a cutoff, but uh, if you can get it in before we finish up reading everyone's lists, definitely do that. But uh, yeah, tonight's going to be awesome and so excited to have you here. And as you mentioned, there's something a bit recent that came about um, and something that we've kind of on and off again talked about and something we're we're holding out for the end because we want to have a full-on discussion about it. But it is... The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the newest episode the penultimate episode of this series, is now out. It's called Truth, and uh, I'm not going to hold back here, all right? Me and Chris have seen it, so uh, if you have not, this is your warning to get out now because there is some spoilers. Good up huge that uh, yeah this is a good about the spoilers we're gonna talk about a couple of them and we'll, we'll we'll get into the weeds later on in future episodes but uh holy moly what an episode what was your first impressions chris
0: well first impressions were wow this is this is a long episode and it's funny because yeah with the mandalorian that was probably one of the only criticisms of that awesome show is Oh, these are kind of short episodes compared to, you know, the Netflix or the Game of Thrones. Anything on HBO is generally 50 to sometimes an hour and 10 minutes even. So now we're kind of at that point where it's almost like we're desensitized. Uh, also with WandaVision, that was never very long or, uh, much right. longer, or much more than like 35 minutes. So actually, I've seen even some criticisms toward um, this episode. And I think it, it might have even been... Uh, Steven Schindler who's in the chat <laughs> saying like, oh, I have to sit through an hour long episode. I I kind of felt the same way. I was like, well, they've been kind of teach us that it doesn't have to be really long. And it felt like an hour, you know, not, not, yeah. not in a bad way. But it was like where an episode would usually end. I, I was thinking in my mind like this is an hour. We're probably only like halfway through at this point. So there was, there was lots of moments where it could have ended and it didn't. I'm very happy for that because it gets right into it from the get-go we pick up yeah. right with John Walker and I didn't expect that confrontation to really happen that quickly and it just gets right into it and that first action sequence really reminded me and took me back to uh Captain America uh Civil War right Where oh absolutely Iron Man and a Winter Soldier and Cap all fighting it was just like that all over again essentially and it was really brutal I think they did a great job with the choreography as far as um, just some nail-biting moments and like oh it was just breaking the wings off a falcon and and you know his arm getting broken as they both worked to get the shield off his arm. Like that made me cringe, like hearing that noise. Just,
1: oh man. Oh yeah, oh. as as a brutal noise.
0: <laughs> yeah, so and it and it, and it felt and it's kind of redundant to say, yeah, it felt like a Marvel movie at that point, right? You had the music, you had everything going for it. You built up to those events where we've been you you introduce this character of John Walker. And I, I want to spend some time talking about him because this is a character. They threw him in there at the end of episode one. And there's always been that weird thing where you're like, this guy's really a nice guy. But deep down, there's got to be something wrong with this guy. And obviously, as the season goes on, you see more and more of um, the cracks start to form in his uh his personality and it just shows you, uh, first off, like the acting ability that the, the actor has. And I'm not recalling, uh, his name right now. Wyatt but... Logan is, his Oh, man. thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. He does a great job of portraying this character as far as, um, making us really love to hate the guy. Right. It, it's almost got like that. Joffrey writing feeling, right? It's like, yeah. I want to see this guy lose already. Right. He's, he's just, you know, screwing with our main characters And after that last cliffhanger, which was from episode four, that was one hell of a cliffhanger seeing how that goes down. So um, I think they did a great job of really building up to this moment because a lot of movies, some comic book movies will just throw fights in for no reason. And there really is no stakes in them. But I, I believe that this fight really had stakes in them, wouldn't you say?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think. One of my favorite things about this show is the fact that there has been some great action, but the great the action has accented the drama and the emotion, not vice versa. It's like normally speaking, like in a comic book movie, even in a, in a TV episode like this, because we we do have a, quite a few like superhero shows like this. Like normally speaking, it's like it opens with an action sequence and then. There's a little bit of action in between, there's drama in between, and then it closes with a big action sequence. That's not how Falcon and Winter Soldier is normally, like, structured. Like, the opening fight scene is the most intense fight scene in the entire, like, series, and and especially in this episode. And that all happens before even we see the opening logo. Like, that's intense. But the rest of the episode is just a slow burn, and you're getting more of the characters, and, you know— and a lot of emotion and a lot of just, it's more meaningful for the characters to just kind of sit with them and, and you get to Sam and Bucky and they get to reconcile. And then you have John Walker going through what he's going through and it's really bad. And, and even start to kind of, even after he's been kind of an an asshole, you still kind of feel for him because it's so dramatic, but you know, that's why I love this show so much is that it's not about the action. The action is great, but, and that, as you said the opening sequence is just brutal. like it's so like painful to watch but it's so satisfying because you like you've been waiting for like the, okay just bucky sam just just get him just get him just take take the shield and they finally do and it's great and then you know you get the ending and and the satisfaction of seeing sam take up the shield and and finally do that and sending it up for the finale i think is going to be great um, there is one thing that I have to address that flabbergasted me, all right? Because going into this, I knew that there was going to be some sort of new character introduced. And I heard that, oh, it's going to be a, a new actor. It's not going to be somebody you know. It's not going to be an established MCU character. It's going to be a new character played by a new actor, and they're going to show up in episode, in the second to last episode. I'm like, okay, who could it be? And obviously, like, could it be the power broker? Whatever, whoever that is. And then Julia Louis-Dreyfus shows up out of nowhere. And as a massive Seinfeld fan for all my life, I'm like, what is happening? I didn't even know what to think. And yeah, she's uh, she's in the MCU now, apparently, as this new character. I can't even remember her name, but I'm just in Aw, and apparently, like this has been in the works for a while. She's apparently also in Black Widow. She's going to be introduced in Black Widow, but it hasn't happened yet because Black Widow hasn't been released yet. (laughs) Um, so that's a whole other thing. That just like totally threw me off the halfway through this episode. I'm like, what is happening? Um, I love it. Like, it's great. Like, that's brilliant casting, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with her. But like, just totally like threw a wrench in the gears. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, I because you you said something about the cameo and I also seen it online. And I I mean, I'm opening myself up every time, every week I I go on Twitter. I go on the Facebook and I'm opening myself up to be spoiled because I usually don't watch this until I get home from work. Um, But I was like, okay, like I'm expecting like a a character in the MCU. that (laughs) I know, you know, like something we've seen before or something I might have read in a comic book. And I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. I'm seeing this character show up and I don't know why I was thinking way too hard about it. And I didn't put two and two together um, that it was actually her from Seinfeld. I'll be honest, I've I've watched a handful of Seinfeld. (laughs) It's not like in my mind all the time that that's that's her, you know, so I I was focusing more on her name. I was like, have I ever heard that name before anywhere Uh, Contessa or something like that? She said, I was like, Hmm. hmm, hmm." And I just let it go by. And I was like, Oh, there's an end credit scene. Maybe they'll have like a big character show up. And and that was apparently the the cameo. So I got to give it to him on that because when I hear the word cameo, I don't think of like a surprise actor per se. I'm thinking of like a plot line, storyline connection character from something else in another universe that might show up. Um, so so I thought that was interesting, but to uh, to go on her our background here, I'm looking up an article on IGN right now, um, and her character um, being played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, let's see, let's see, it's something, uh, Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, aka known as Madame Hydra, did you know yeah. that?
1: Yeah, I heard something about that, that... Apparently, this is Madame Hydra. I think they attached another character thing, but, like, clearly, Hydra isn't dead. Like, maybe Hydra could come could come back because she's around. And, you know, my my initial assumption was that she's the power broker, but that may not be the case. Maybe she's a new kind of threat that's showing up here towards the end to kind of like set up something, set up the future because i'm I'm hoping for a fourth Captain America movie with, with Sam in the lead. Yeah. And maybe, maybe Hydra will be making a comeback and maybe that's kind of instigates that.
0: Yeah. I think what could happen is she's, she's recruiting him and she gives him this card that is blank. Like what the heck is the significance of that? Exactly.
1: I wonder if he's got to like put it over fire or something to make it like show through, like, like poured over a candle or something. I've, I've yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. like invisible ink or something
0: <laughs> is it oh wait a second is it maybe some kind of vibranium thing she, he can melt and put in the shield he was making at the end
1: oh oh i didn't even think of that that's cool because i like thinking,
0: that like is that just regular steel he's making the shield with at the end of that end credit scene because i mean yeah he's got the super um super soldier serum but like that's what makes cap cap is is also just the the tech of that vibranium that he's able to use right so is is the behavior of the shield when you throw it? Is that because it's the vibranium um alloy that's in that's inside of the shield to make it like aerodynamic the way it flies around you know
1: yeah, i yeah, he's like making his own shield now, so I'm like okay what's what's the deal here like he's like what's the significance of his shield going to be? You know, he's just making this imposter shield. Like I I'm kind of expecting now that John Walker maybe as US agent is gonna be a a major player in the future of the MCU. He's not gonna just get killed off at the end of this.
0: Yeah, I hope not. I hope not, because this is what's so great about having long form entertainment in the MCU. We're not just building up a, a character in two hours and killing them off, right? So we're getting a good five hours let's say and a good hour is just straight up this guy's story when you think about it probably yeah. I don't if, do the math whatever um so I think that could be that could be the case I, I would like to see they're building up the future of him maybe he's gonna get I, I'm thinking he's gonna get some very bad injury he's gonna get maimed like his leg is gonna go or something like that or it's just going to tear him down even further because I really like the performance that, that, uh, you said his name is Wyatt, right?
1: Wyatt Russell. Yep.
0: Right. Russell gave when he's in the courtroom and the Senator is uh, mandating him and all the, uh, to explaining him, Hey, I'm not giving you a court martial. That's because you did all this amazing duty, um, throughout the years. And he just like raises his voice and John, just raises his voice and just tells him like it is. And I'm like, he just walks away from the guy as he's actually talking, like, how much disrespect he has for, for this entire government at this point is just setting him off the wall.
1: Yeah, like, Walker, like, he can't help but feel a little sorry for him. Like, he he did this to himself, obviously, but it was just this perfect storm of... of Maybe good intentions, good-ish intentions on his part, and you know, I love his line about you—you did this, you—you put me in this position, you gave me this responsibility, and like that whole idea of like you could you could draw this compared to so many things in the real world, like you know, putting pressure on someone, giving someone so much responsibility and putting so much pressure on them that that it gets to them, and that you know, like. Say, for example, you know, celebrities just in general, you know, we prop them up, we put them on pedestals and then, you know, we say, oh, how great they are, how wonderful, how talented you are. And then some of them, the it gets to them, it gets in their head and then they end up doing, you know, destructive behavior that either harms themselves or harms someone else. It's it's a real thing. It's a real the idea of like putting someone in that position, propping them up on a pedestal and saying, you're great, you're fantastic, you're Captain America. And then it just he just self destructs because he can't he couldn't handle it um and now he's this like literally unhinged dude with who's a super soldier now, and who knows if they do they even know he has the serum like I, I'm curious about that like yeah, like That's seems smart. like they wouldn't let him go free if they knew he was superpowered, you know,
0: yeah, seriously, they just left him out to dry with that that entire plot line i also I'm very curious if we're going to see any more of Baron Zemo as well. What what you think about how how that went down with with uh, the Wakandan uh Durumai, or I forget their their name exactly. Dora Milaje. The mouthful. We go. <laughs> there we go. Um, that that whole thing went down with, with we have Winter Soldier, we have Bucky giving him you know doing his amends but then that was a tense moment when he pulls the trigger, right? I just see all the All the bullets in his hand, like, damn, man. I love the symbolism of him using his real
1: hand to hold the gun and like, I'm gonna shoot you, and then he clicks the gun. It's like, okay, the gun's empty, and then holds out his other hand, his his hand that's used to kill people with, and he's like, okay, I got the bullets over here, and I'm not gonna kill you because I'm not that person anymore. Like, I'm not gonna do that. Um, And I love that, like, this whole juxtaposition and just Bucky's journey and like people. telling bucky who he is this entire time like you know i, I isaiah bradley is like oh you, you think you can just wake up one day and decide who you are and all this kind of stuff and decide you're not a killer and then sam at the end going like dude just be who you want to be it doesn't matter what anybody says it doesn't even matter what what steve thought it matters who you want to be and just do it and just you know go forward um but okay, getting back to Zemo. I'm getting There's so many things about this episode. I'm sorry.
0: There really is. But Zemo,
1: okay, so apparently in in Marvel lore, there is this super villain team called the Thunderbolts. I think Oh like, yeah. And they are based or I don't know if they're based out of the raft or what, but Zemo is taken to the raft. And that's where all the, you know, the big bads go. Like, I think canonically, um, Abomination is there from the original Hulk movie, mm-hmm. and there's several other people there. So it's, it's, it's like setting this up that like – and then uh, Ross, Secretary of State or wherever he is now, Thunderbolt Ross, who is the leader of the Thunderbolts, eventually he has control over that, and he becomes Red Hulk at, at some point maybe. So like they're setting this up that maybe the Thunderbolts could come about, and Baron Zemo leads the Thunderbolts. So, like, they're putting him in prime position to, like, come back. We have not seen the last of Zemo. Either way, we have not seen the last of him.
0: Yeah, and hopefully we haven't seen the last of his dancing, either. <laughs>
1: oh, more more Zemo dancing. That's his superpower, his dancing.
0: I You gotta love how fast Disney put out that cut of him, right? Like, they, there was, like, 30 seconds extra or something somebody said, and then within a day, they had it on YouTube as a one hour loop that's that is great on Disney's part for really uh picking up the pieces with the with the presence on social media so quickly.
1: I'm telling you that that was brilliant move like an hour long <laughs> of <No>, Zemo dancing. <laughs> so
0: good. Because it's so such good. like a serious character the last thing you would ever expect that type of person to do would be just like at a rave party like pumping his fist, right? <laughs>
1: Oh, it's so good. It's so good yeah i I'm sad now because we've only got one more episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then that's it. and then yeah. probably not a season two. It's probably just you know continuing on with the story, and I'm loving this show so much.
0: Yeah, yeah and, and before we we go to the next the next uh, phase in this this episode here, I, I do want to talk about what stood out to me the most and what is sort of like the blue lightsaber of this entire uh, show is the shield itself and and you yeah. before about symbolism in bucky 's hand and there 's so much symbolism that 's tied into that shield right there 's just so much of a responsibility for Sam to do what he wants with the shield in the beginning giving it up and now he realizes it really should be wielded by him he 's the one that 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 really deserves to use it I mean cap was the one that actually told him to take care of it, but what do you think about the S.H.I.E.L.D. so far and about how that really is like the backbone of, of everything that is pretty much happening in the series? Yeah, I love
1: that it's become like a true MacGuffin in the show that it's become this thing that, you know, and and Sam's struggle with all of this and bringing in a lot of the social commentary about race. And, you know, Sam struggle with that and Isaiah Bradley and the, the just not just the responsibility of being Captain America, but being a black Captain America and, like, what that means. And I love the shield has been there as, like, this thing and, like, the whole idea of, like, being worthy of it and, like, Sam getting the shield from Steve and then, you know, he's like, oh, thank you, and he says that, and you're thinking, oh, he's going to be Captain America. But I think it, it lines up pretty well with this show, which is he's getting that, and he, he's like... Nah, that's my friend's. I don't want to take up that thing. It belonged to Steve. I'm not worthy of it. I'm not. You know, I don't want to deal with that. You know, it belongs in the museum. <laughs> to, to quote Indiana Jones. Uh-huh. And then, through this show, he's without the shield, but he's again and again and again proving that he's worthy of the shield. He's he's going in there. The great scene of him where he convinces all of them to stay behind, where he can go in and talk to Carly. And I think it's the previous episode. And, you know, he just kind of like he, you know, finds this peaceful way to talk to her and, and gets on her level. And, you know, it's great. And I think also just how how well he's proving he's a good man. He's proving he is truly Captain America, juxtaposed to John Walker just spiraling out of control and becoming a monster. He is. Continually proving to the point where we get to the – this episode where he's picking up the shield, and he's like, okay, not only does – you know, like it would have been enough if Steve Rogers had just picked him, and he just picked up the shield and went with it. He had to go through his own hero's journey mm-hmm. to prove himself, prove it to himself and to the audience and to the world that he is actually worthy of that shield. So very excited about where it goes from here. And him just wielding that shield, and also apparently getting maybe getting some new wings because what's in the box? I want oh to see my what's in the gosh, box?
0: Killed me. They showed the box like four times, and they still didn't show us what exactly <laughs> was that there. Yet. The
1: whole time and he's just looking at looking at, and then he ends in his like credits, and you get to point where you hate those credits because yeah, they're always they're always cliffhangering us.
0: I'll tell you what, the MCU is doing a fantastic job of doing cliffhanger. Um, for every episode, it happened to WandaVision or continuing to trend. There hasn't been in a single episode where I felt like, OK, I'm good. Like every episode, I'm like, I need to see what's next. I need to see what's happening because it fades to black. And there you go. So um, <laughs> do you want to make quick predictions since next week is the last the last episode of this series? Probably.
1: Yeah. Um, do you have any?
0: Well, it's very tough, right?
1: Yeah, because I, I'm I mean,
0: trying to think. It's like we don't really know, right, that any of these characters are going to be in anything in the future, per se. I mean, you're not going to build up Sam Wilson and kill him, but no. you're also probably not going to kill John Walker either. I mean, there's a, there's a chance they can kill, but like, I feel like they're setting too much up with him making a shield, with him getting a card from Madame Hydra. I feel like there's bigger stuff in play they are going to need him around, and that leads me to believe that Unfortunately, I think Winter Soldier could die next episode. I think he could actually go, because what purpose does he really serve? Like, he even, like, kind of said it himself, like, he's just kind of there now, right? And and, and usually with, like, TV and movies, like, if you have a character that doesn't really serve a purpose and, like, has finished the journey, like, that's going to be it. I think what could happen is, like, he was learning about how to make amends and just to say you're sorry. I think he'll end up saying, like, Sorry to the the Asian man in the beginning of the series. And we'll say that like in the beginning and and you'll get like those moments where like he got fulfillment. But I think he might sadly say uh, he might sacrifice himself at the end of this this episode.
1: Oh, man, I I hate you for bringing that up. (laughs) But I, (laughs) I I I honestly I think you might be right. Here's the thing, though. There's a there's an open thread here that they established in the first episode. Is like, okay, three rules. You know, one of them is you can't hurt anyone. And then you know, and the therapist was like, okay, you can't you can't do that. You the government has to be able to trust you, so that you don't go out and start you know hurting or killing people. And then you have what goes down in uh, Madripoor, where he has that big brawl in the in the bar and he takes out a bunch of people potentially kills some of them i don't know and it's all on camera like everyone around them's got their phone out that's gonna get back to someone and i think at the very least his pardon could be on the line here and he may not he may not be a free man anymore and that sucks um i don't know how they would do it again where Bucky's on the run again, you know, for the third time. Um, so I don't know how that works. I think I don't know. I, I agree with you. I'm like, okay, where does Bucky go from here? I, I hope they don't kill him, but it could be a situation where he's, you know, he feels it's his time and something happens, and I don't know. You know, it's uh it's 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 wild to think about.
0: Yeah. Okay, okay. Um But ending this, I think we're going to get into like that, that madam Madame Hydra stuff. Definitely for sure. We're going to get we're going to get the solid that I guess we're going to get that closure where the world maybe maybe the world will accept Sam Wilson as Captain America. We're going to see him kind of close off the thing with his sister, which, by the way, I know we didn't really speak about it a whole lot. But I have really been enjoying that aspect of the show because we never really get to see that ever from the movies because there's just too much going on that whole settling right. down with the family, taking care of things at home. I do like that family atmosphere about him with his sister and like the, the townsfolk come in to fix the help fix the boat. And that's like they're, that's how they survive is, is fish, you know, fishing there. So I think maybe we'll wrap that up, but I, I, I and I do want to point something out that was funny as heck when Bucky was kind of like, Flirting a little bit with his sister, <laughs> it's like I will basically get this guy to cut you up. One of these fishermen throw you into the water. That was, that was great because we are getting that brotherhood now. You know, it's taken. That's that's another reason. Like we're all we're seeing these guys come together. What's gonna really kill us if one of them uh, something happens to one of them? Now, now,
1: yeah, and like, we we know from one division that Marvel has no qualms with breaking our hearts. So uh, nothing is off the table here. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just i know it will be great and i, I agree with you i think that he's gonna go in there I think he's gonna go into that building sam and he's gonna have his new wings he's gonna have the shield and he's gonna prove himself as captain america maybe in front of the entire world that they're gonna have to they're gonna have to accept him because he'll he'll be on the scene and he has the shield you know and it's rightfully his you know it's mm-hmm. not like i love i love uh uh the the line earlier from uh, whatever her name is uh she she's just like it's a little gray area there like it's not really government property like it kind of you know so like y- you don't really have to return it so I, I i like the fact that like they're recognizing that like it's not you know sam gave it up he can take it back like it's his and steve gave it to him so whatever
0: yeah, yeah. For sure for sure and we did mention power broker now there was literally probably a 20 second scene involving Sharon Carter and I did not know what the heck was happening. Do you have any idea because I'm starting to think that she's actually the power broker.
1: I am getting that idea too and and she like was talking to Batrock. Yeah. And like lined that up so that she would he would get hooked up with Carly and like give her weapons. So at the very least she's being shady af. Like giving weapons to Carly and helping her out. So which actually doesn't make her the power broker because the power broker is trying to kill Carly. <laughs> but
0: Very good. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. So but I mean it could be a ploy. It could be like, "Hey, I'm going to I'm I'm playing both sides. I'm going to do something that, you know, she knows and I think even Zemo said as much that like, you know, she's on a destructive path. She's, you know, either she's going to kill you or you you're, you're going to kill her kill her you know it's it's gonna end badly for her and so i don't know it, it could go either way I, I but she's sharon is definitely like there's stuff going on there and she's not on the up and up i think we're gonna find that out in the next episode
0: oh yeah oh yeah it, it, it's funny you look back at a series like this and you're like wow this really came and went didn't it <laughs> <laughs> it yep. did We didn't really actually have a break. If you count the documentary that came out the week after WandaVision ended, we went right into Winter Soldier or or Falcon Winter Soldier the week after. So we haven't gotten a break. This is going to be really our first break. But hey, if you're Star Wars fans, you don't have to wait very long because we're going to get the Bad Batch coming out literally two weeks after this thing ends. uh, They haven't announced the documentary that they had for WandaVision, I would assume. Hopefully there's one for this, but if not, Hey, all we have to do is have a bye week and then we'll get new Star Wars content. So that's not a bad deal. Yeah, Disney Plus is keeping us fed. And that's
1: that's all that matters, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so I think we need to get into these lists, man. We have a we've been lot it off long enough.
0: Yeah, We've, we've been, been off long enough.
1: prolonging the inevitable for far too long. And I think. We should just go into this. We'll just alternate through them, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, And there's a lot of the stuff that I don't know. There's a few things that said even stumped you. So this is going to get interesting.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, We just had some characters just put in our chat from some of our listeners live on Channel 1138. Um, Like, I'm looking at, at a list from Dolly Death House 88. And she put a character there at her number one that I've never heard of, even the game I've never heard of. So this is going to be very interesting.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. And the list keeps coming and they, and they keep on coming. And I'm not going to finish that song, all right? I'm not. But we're going to start off with our very valued patrons. And one of them being Mr. Joey Mays. You know him, Mays Sandwich Shop. All that good stuff. And uh, he says, number five, Shepard from Mass Effect. Number four, RC-1138, a.k.a. Boss from Star Wars Republic Commando. Number three, Yoshi from a variety of Nintendo and Mario titles. Uh, Number two, Nomad from Ghost Recon. And number one, Spartan-117, a.k.a. Master Chief from Halo.
0: Oh, man. Okay. So... I'm going to just talk a little bit about each one of these because we're going to talk a lot about some of these very characters. I will just give you guys that hint right off the top. <laughs> uh, one of them will be Commander Shepard, um, Mass Effect Legendary game. Uh, we're actually getting a remake coming out next month, um, the Mass Effect Legendary Trilogy. It's a trilogy of games that came out originally on the Xbox 360, the PlayStation 3, uh generation of consoles and it's an rpg it's in space sci-fi and shepherd is the character you get to choose and you get to play as. so that's definitely a solid choice right there um you might be able to talk about this next one a little bit more than me i did play republic commander i played it once um rc 1138 boss i'm not even sure if he's like the leader of the group or anything i know there's a lot of legends tie-in books that were very well regarded by karen travis um That's about all I know. I I do remember in Republic Commando, there are three planets, I believe. Of course, you start on Geonosis. Then you go to another planet, or maybe it's a different space station or something, and then you end up on Kashyyyk. Because I remember the big deal about the game was it was going to lead into Revenge of the Sith, and I believe this came out like maybe a few months before that movie was released. So you've seen things like Magna Guards, I believe. You've seen things like the Wookiees on Kashyyyk. You've seen things like Trandoshans, which we didn't see in *Revenge of the Sith*, but nonetheless, it was cool as hell seeing those things. But do you know anything about this character, Ben? I do a
1: little bit. I have never played *The Mandalorian*. I mean, the *Mandalorian* Republic Commando. I
0: want to play the *Mandalorian* game. I really hope that. <laughs> Please one. make a the *Mandalorian* a game. They're making an open world Ubisoft game. That would be perfect. <laughs> that
1: would be amazing. Um, so I've never pl- actually played it, but I, of course I do. I know Boss is the boss. He's the main kind of guy. He's voiced by uh, Tim Morrison um, because the other guys have like uh, their own voice actors, different voice actors. They're kind of different. They're kind of like the Bad Batch, I guess. And the fact, they're all kind of different. Um so, and it's uh, obviously RC-1138. That's a pretty important number in Star Wars. So that's cool. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm vaguely familiar with Rebel Republic Commando and obviously very popular one, as we're going to see tonight.
0: Oh, very sure, very sure. So we also have Yoshi. I mean, what is there bad <laughs> to say about Yoshi, right? He's just that character. I, I believe he showed up first in Super Mario World. He could, I, I believe he could ride on him. Or am I thinking about a different game? But I know for a fact his tongue is his major uh, unique point, his unique trait. He can kind of, like, stick his tongue out and, or, like, poop out uh, eggs, stuff like that. <laughs> and that's the thing. We're going to see a lot of characters show up from, obviously, the Mario uh, genre or, or uh, branding of games, from things from party games to RPGs. To the classic platformers. There has been some kind of Mario game for just about every genre. It's it's incredible how they are able to just ha- use that creativity. That heck I have on the Switch, I even have a real time strategy game in the veins of um those like over the top games, uh like XCOM, which is a very hardcore tactical. Oh, yeah. Game. They they literally have like every variety. It's insane, but they always sell um so so well. Um Another one here. This was uh, the Rainbow Six, or or not Rainbow Six, rather, Ghost Recon. It's underneath the same branch, right? Tom Clancy has been making uh, the the Ghost Recon games, or they've been listed under him, for years. I think they have go all the way back to PS2, original Xbox era. I believe they had a mic that was bundled in, or that could have been Rainbow Six where you can command these people. I just did look it up because I didn't actually play this one. Nomad is from Ghost Recon Wildlands. Now that came out on Xbox One, PS4. That was more of your open world. You can be co-op. You can go in with four buddies on a on a on like a Black Hawk helicopter, go in, mark your enemies, take them out. So it was very much in that vein of the Ubisoft game like Assassin's Creed or Far Cry where you can go anywhere scope out your targets, kind of plan accordingly, and 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 I remember it being very tactical, where you would actually want to synchronize with your gunshots, like, okay, three, two, one. like, if you're on mic and Park chat, like, everybody just fires their gun at once, and you take them all out, like, it was very much a tactical, tactically game in that way, and I, I, you know, I haven't played, because there was also Breakpoint as well, so, haven't played any of the most recent Ghost Recon games, but they definitely have a, a larger following, but I can I could safely say and judge it by the list that Ghost Recon doesn't have nearly as much uh, praise as as Spartan 117 John a.k.a. Master Chief uh, the dude from Halo that wears the green armor with the visor yeah that's the guy I'm talking about and uh I mean, I'm going to be talking a lot about this character today just from all of this. All of this <laughs> but I'll, I'll try to save it for, for a couple of the lists and talk a little bit more in detail. But yeah, I mean, this guy kicked off the, the craze that started on the Xbox, the original Xbox. And, and fun fact here for all you Halo fans, it is the 20th anniversary of Halo coming up this fall. And, and we are wow. off on precipice. We were supposed to have Halo Infinite launch last year. They held it back because people looked and seen on, on the gameplay. Hey, this doesn't look so good. They decided to delay the game an entire year, even sacrificing launching with the brand new Xbox systems, one of which I have. And we're really hoping this thing turns out to be good. But yeah, definitely, definitely. When I think about video games, I'm thinking about Master Chief uh, for sure. And with that, that uh, brings us into our Peacekeeper core. Mm-hmm. So that starts off with Robin Glader. And he is saying his, his number five is Master Chief. Hey, we just talked about him. Yeah. We got Proxy from Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Great little deep cut there. Oh, we also have Kyle Katarn uh, from the Star Wars Dark Forces Jedi Knight series. We have Ram Kota, another nice deep cut from Star Wars The Force Unleashed. And with one more Star Wars character at his number one, we have Galen Merrick, a.k.a. Starkiller from Star Wars The Force Unleashed. We were so close. To having an entire Star Wars lists here,
1: <laughs> we are so close. Like Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Star Wars Halo
0: <laughs> could have just thrown in like Cal Kestis for your number five. Although I think he deserves to be at number one, but that's saying otherwise. But, <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's break it down because I mean, you're you're from the Star Wars Underworld. You started the Star yeah. Wars, but you know a lot about Star Wars, obviously. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about Proxy first because Proxy, he is voiced. By one of the lead sound guys in Star Wars, which which it's it's really cool. Um, David Collins is name. Yeah, is. yeah and he
1: makes a brilliant really. podcast too. Yeah, soundtrack. I think this show. was his
0: first gig, I, I believe. This was his first gig with Star Wars, um, as far as like putting his voice. Because if so you watch right. any of the films now, he does like all the ADR stuff for Stormtroopers and everything else now. But I, I think Proxy was like his first Star Wars game that he lended his voice to. So I I thought that was pretty cool.
1: That's cool. Yeah. I love proxy. Like proxy is one of those classic star Wars characters that I would love to see making the canon some one day. Um, and yeah, he's just, he's, he's great. And this is like this whole list, like Cal like one of my favorites from the EU. Um, Ram Kota is like one of my favorite Jedi ever. And I love Starkiller, too. Like, he, he, Robin, really uh, had some great picks here.
0: Yeah, Kyle Katarn is a character that I still want to see brought in canon. I think he could really work well, actually, in the Mandalorian era, because that's actually where his game takes place. If you, I played it not too long ago, because it's on the Switch, so I'm like, let me try this game on the Switch, and it works great. But it takes place five, you know, Dark Forces, Jedi Knight 2, whatever. The titles confuse me sometimes, even to this day. (laughs) Um, Jedi Outcast, that's the one I always play. It's Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, I believe. It takes place five years after the events of Return of the Jedi, and they're talking about the New Republic and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, this guy fits right in with the Mandalorian. Get him in there somehow. Because you have this awesome story where he starts off with a blaster, and it's all first-person gameplay, mm-hmm. and then you get to, like, maybe a third of the game, and you actually meet Luke Skywalker, the same Luke that you see, the same costume and everything you see in Mandalorian. He's got the green lightsaber, the black costume and they're training on Yavin four. And then you have the freaking dark troopers from Mandalorian. <laughs>
2: or
0: this is made for Kyle Katarn to show up in this series. And that's why I kept seeing more of those references. I'm like, Oh, maybe Kyle Katarn will rescue uh, Grogu or something, but <laughs> we can still, could still hope. Um, I do believe that Ram Koda, I mean, I, I haven't heard of this from any official source. This is purely speculation on my part, but I would, Believe that maybe there was some ROM coda that was put into um, Canon Jar's as sort of a proxy, <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> so, so do you, have you ever heard of that, or, or can you make that connection your, with yourself? Because they're both blind Jedi, or are they both yeah, ge-
1: they're both. I, l- 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 here's here's this thing: they're both blind Jedi. They were blinded by characters played by Sam Witwer.
0: Oh my gosh! You just <laughs> blew my mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I'm telling you, that is so great, and <laughs> I, I love both of them. And you like, like I love uh, I love uh, R- Graham Cuda's whole story about like him ha- like enlisting people instead of like you know using clones. Like he didn't trust the clones, so he used, them. And that's how he survived or Because I always loved that idea. I don't think it would work in canon. I don't know if that would actually, like, make a whole lot of sense. But I did, like, I love that idea as, like, backstory for him.
0: Yeah, then, of course, the legendary Starkiller. I mean, people love this character. They have so much passion for him. I mean, there's always that group of people that are like, how the heck can a a Jedi pull a Star Destroyer out of the atmosphere? Like, that guy's overpowered, right? Like, and we see some references to that in, in, in Rise of Skywalker with Rey pulling down the speeders and whatnot like that. Or we see it in the, in the most recent Clone Wars, the final season where, where Ahsoka is holding on to Maul's ship as he's trying to escape that Venator class to uh, Star Destroyer. But yeah, Galen Merrick is always up there when people are talking about their favorite Star Wars characters. He's he's on the list. I, I, I think there might still be room for this to guy, this guy to get into the canon. I still stand my ground when I say he might appear in the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order because heck. Oh have man. A Cal Kestis, Galen Merrick make him canon. Now that Vader knows that Cal Kestis is out there, Vader's going to send his best his best inquisitor out to try to get him, right? Or try to find him, locate him, whatever, but I think that would make a make a really good antagonist in that game. Um I really hope that comes true. I'm kind of just putting it out there in the ether. But who knows?
1: I love that idea. Uh, any Anything that gets RAM coded in there, that would be great. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I love that.
0: Yeah, we do have some honorable mentions here as well from Robin yeah. And his honorable mentions are two characters from Knights of Old Republic. Revan, we're going to hear that name coming back. Uh, we got Malak, Knights of Old Republic. We got Delta Squad, which is all of the Star Wars Republic Commanders, <laughs> not just Boss. We have Cortana from Halo, which is the AI. We also have three four three Guilty Spark, also from Halo, which is this annoying little drone. It kind of looks a little bit like Darth uh, Darth uh, Maul's little, like the, the little black droids that fly around on Tatooine. those little things kind of reminds me of that. Um, you have the Arbiter, who is an elite that's actually on the side of Master Chief in Halo Two, and you also have Sergeant Johnson, who is one of my favorite characters in in, in just video games because again, he is just like that quintessential. When you think of a video game character, like the sergeant guy that is just killing a bunch of grunts, and just scream at the top of his lungs, cursing here and there, like just a quintessential kind of you think of a game character when you think of Sergeant Johnson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. That's great. This is that this Robin? You did a lot here, man. This is this was great. This is a great, uh, great list. Great. honorable mentions all around. Definitely. Um, and up next, we got another great list from our good buddy, Kenny Crayley Jr. Um, he says uh, – I'll go ahead and I'll throw his honorable mentions out here first. He says, uh, Starkiller and Batman – Starkiller and – I thought I said, "Star said Starkiller and Batman from the Batman argument games. Starkiller's not in Batman. Um, <laughs> Starkiller. And Batman from the Batman Arkham video games, which is great. Um, And then number five, he has Metroid. Number four, Lara Croft. Number three, Nathan Drake. Number two, Zelda. And number one, Mario. So, yeah, from Tomb Raider to Metroid to Zelda, like you're hitting all the high peaks there, Kenny.
0: Yeah, yeah. What I will say about his list is it, it very much has a theme, right? So you have. You have Nathan Drake, you have Lara Croft, right? These are two Indiana Jones wannabes, essentially, right? <laughs> they don't make very good Indiana Jan- Jones games, but believe it or not, they're actually making one, and you guys, I think, might have mentioned it at some point, or I might have been on the forgot about that, account. yeah. They are making an Indiana Jones games under the same guy that was responsible for Fallout and for the other Scrolls games over there at Bethesda. Um, and Machine Games, who makes already fantastic World War II set games um, with the Wolfenstein franchise. So I can't wait for that. Hopefully we get that in like the next year or two. So yeah, you have two adventurers, but there's more adventurers because you also have Metroid. Um, and, and, and when he says Metroid, he's being very general. So hopefully he would be able to get that a little bit more specific because you have Samus Aran who is, I'm guessing that's who he's he's talking about, but you also have um, like the big uh, winged creature that I'm not remembering the name of right now. It's a big red dragon looking thing. I know yeah. people like that. Um, but yeah, so Metroid is very much an exploration game. But then you have Zelda, which is another exploration game. And I guess you could say Mario is also exploration. So very much uh, he, he very like very much likes a lot of action adventure games, which heck, I mean, you can't go wrong with those. And of course, Batman uh, the Batman Arkham games. We're going to hear a little bit more from them later on in the show tonight as well. And yeah, Killer can't go wrong there. Um, we're going to go on Sean Drew's list. And I really like his list a lot. Um, it starts with Candorus slash Mandalore from Knights of the Old Republic. I don't think that guy gets enough credit. I mean, that guy's got awesome hair. That's the one thing I remember <laughs> from that character is he has this hair that I'm like, I'm envious of like that flat top like blonde hair look like He just looks like such a cool soldier, you know, like, don't mess with me. I'm Candor's Ordo. (laughs) It's really fun. Uh, He's a big fan of KOTOR because he's also saying HK-47 is his number fourth pick. Revan coming in at number three. Like I said, we're not going to hear the last of Revan. Uh, We have Marcus Phoenix for our first Gears of War uh, uh, selection on the list tonight. But that's not it because he actually puts Baird from Gears of War at number one. So I I want to know why he likes Baird more than Marcus Phoenix because I happen to like Marcus Phoenix a heck of a lot. Gears of War, if you guys aren't you know sure of what that is, Gears of War is an over the top uh, third person cover based shooter. You're going from barricades to barricades, a wall, bouncing around, shotguns, assault rifles. It's all third person, and it's all about. It's not on Earth, but you might as well call it Earth. It's called Sora or Sarah or something like that. And you have these creatures that come out of the core of the world, and they're called the Locust. And so it's just like the Sarens are basically humans, and they're just trying to survive, essentially. These things come out of nowhere on Emergence Day, and they've been fighting for like 10 years. And and it's it's just very gritty, very much a heavy war game. This is not for kids, all right? Because <laughs> I probably played this one. Oh, actually, I was probably like 13, 14 when I played. This, so I, I was old enough at that point. But you're chainsawing like these creatures in half. Their blood is going all over the camera. It is like that broke oh type gosh. of game, right? Halo's up there with that sort of game. Xbox always does a great job of putting out these really like bloody in your face action based games. And, and there's almost none greater than than Gears of War. So Marcus Phoenix is the character you mostly play as. Baird is more of a side character. Um, but he's got a really fun attitude about him. Whereas Marcus Phoenix is more dour, Baird is more of that character that, that brings some of that um comedy relief, um, as well. HK 47, speaking of comedy, man, this guy is one of the funniest guys in Star Wars to this day. He is an assassin droid and he has one heck of a personality for a droid. He's he's always calling people meatbag, and the way he's his speech is like he'll basically dictate what his expressions will be even though he's a droid you know so he'll be like um contested feeling or something and he'll say this and yeah you know, <laughs> he is just absolutely fun as heck to play with um you can have him in your party you don't actually play as this character he's one of your companions, you could have two companions traveling with you around the world at all times. So this guy is always on, always by my side. As soon as I unlock him, you find him on Tatooine. Then you could bring him to the Tusken Raider village. And you could just have him go around and just slaughter everything. I, that, that was one of the funnest points that it came for me. And believe it or not, I actually found a version of HK-47 in the Old Republic, uh massively multiplayer all Nine role-playing game, which is still going to this day. And you can find wow. a version of an HK assassin droid, which basically is HK-47 just with, like, maybe HK-51, right? So, uh, <laughs> and believe it or not, now that I mentioned that, they have an HK unit in The Mandalorian during the episode of The Jedi, which is episode five of season two. There is HK droids, like, HK, like, 90-something.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're, like, HK-87, <laughs> I think, maybe? Oh, uh,
0: maybe, okay. And they yeah. have... For Thrawn. So that's interesting. They have the Thrawn insignia on the side of the helmet, but I, I digress. I just I just love H K forty seven and I already told you how much I like Candor, so you have anything to say about it, these characters, Ben?
1: Oh yeah. I, I've only had like limited I have limited knowledge of like Kotor and stuff like that. Um but like obviously H K forty seven is like one that, you know, is is, is is huge. So is Revan, you know, they're such massive characters, even though I I did, I did participate a little bit in the uh, in the dunking on the Revan thing.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you We're see not... that on Twitter? Yeah, well, what exactly is going on? Because somebody was gatekeeping because somebody didn't know Revan and people so, got think, bad at that. I think it's the general thing
1: of like, you don't know this thing that I know about Star Wars, so you're not as big of a Star Wars fan. So that prompted just this massive outpouring of people going like, Oh, I know about Revan and just posting pictures that weren't definitely weren't Revan. (laughs) Mine, (laughs) mine was, I just posted, if you go back to at the SW Star Wars Underworld, I just posted, we love Darth Revan. And it's a picture of Dr. Doom from the Fantastic Four. (laughs) And I was like, who has a helmet and wears a cape and a hood. Who does that? And like, oh, this, I got the perfect one. I want to piss him off. And then there's people who just goes right over here like, guys, that's that's Dr. Doom. That's not Revan. Like, you serious? yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. Oh, man. It's so
1: much fun
0: <laughs> to troll the trolls. So we got Matthias Kildstead. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. <laughs> Very Poor very sorry. <laughs> um, he doesn't he
1: doesn't actually have a list he just he just had this little nice little message for us and he said uh i'd like to put in a list but at the moment i don't think i have played enough to give a fair opinion and i would like to make a list out uh, that i would like to make a list out of but i'm very excited for this podcast and thanks again for giving us this incredible good podcast in these crazy times love you guys Love you back, Matthias. Glad to have you. I mean, you could have still. There's no. There's no gatekeeping here. All right, you're totally free. You don't have to be a huge video gamer to put in a list. Um, and when you hear my list, you're gonna know that I'm, that I'm not a big gamer either. All right, so <laughs> you know, it's 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 fine. It's fine. But I I appreciate the message. And uh, yeah. Uh, respect respect your a uh, choice to sit this one out, but we appreciate the message.
0: Hey, we're you know we're celebrating in spirit, and that's the thing that Ben just said, right? It, it doesn't matter who you are. Games are a way to bring people together, and more than ever, our games important because there are ways for people to stay apart um, and to have ways of you know having time to set aside to even meet virtually to do something as you're having conversations. There's lots of games I play, such as Sea of Thieves, where Sometimes the gameplay isn't as much of a priority at certain points as you're sailing from place to place. So it's a nice game to chill out and have conversations with. But then you could have the games like Gears of War and you could be in horde mode where everything is super intense and there's no time for a conversation because you have to call out targets. But <laughs> the fun, the, the, the point of the matter is, hey, these are ways to... to entertain yourselves and in a lot of circumstances people even become friends through video games i've met very many friends through games like world of warcraft or like i mentioned star wars the old republic mmos like people all across the world i have friends that live out in england and stuff like all over it's it's a really good way to just you know the the sense of community with the gaming um community is 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 none other like what i've experienced so far and i've been doing this for a while so hey thanks for the feedback and hey maybe we'll play a game together sometime let me know what you like man and uh i'm sure i can make it happen
1: (laughs) heck yes heck yes all right so going from one end of the spectrum to the other (laughs) here we go with tonight's edition of shinder's list All right, so we got Stephen Schinder's list, and I think what we'll do here is uh, I'll take number five, and then you take number four, and then we'll just try to go through this. Okay. Because because Stephen always gives us the best lists, all right, and that's why we have an entire section devoted to him. Um, so his number five, so Stephen's number five, is Galen Merrick slash Starkiller. He says – Starkiller's journey from Vader's secret apprentice to a key player in the Rebel Alliance is so compelling. Whether you play as him or his clone from the second game, it is so empowering being able to unleash the Force to the fullest. Sam Witwer did such an amazing job.
0: Yeah, that was really Sam Whitworth's first job, um, I believe, through Star Wars. Ever since then, he was able to do Maul, and we've seen how amazing he was able to pull that off. Oh my right. god, yeah. So that was his first step into a larger world, as a wise Jedi master once said. But yeah, it's such a cool place in the Star Wars universe, right? You had that that gap right between um, revenge to the Sith and then going right in uh, right before a new hope. And you get to see Vader cutting down Wookiees and then Vader finds this young child that happens to be able to use the force to take the lightsaber from him. Vader's like, oh, wait. <laughs> I should probably do something about this kid. And then fast forward like 18 years later, and there he is, a full-grown apprentice by Vader, right? And we haven't really seen anything since in particular like, like Vader's apprentice. Um, I feel like we'll probably get a story eventually about something about Vader having a secret apprentice, but up until then it was basically Ahsoka. But having Vader having an apprentice is just... Such an interesting twist to see somebody in the dark side version of Anakin, how how he would train somebody compared to him as a a Jedi Knight in the Jedi Order, because there are vastly different ways um, he could do that. So I I really enjoyed just seeing his journey. I was a little let down about what happened in in the second game because they never got to finish it. I I think it was going to be a a, a trilogy of games, but they left it off. A nice cliffhanger, I believe, with Boba Fett at one point. Right.
1: Don't think I ever played that one, but I remember watching the footage. And yeah, it's a huge, pretty pretty big cliffhanger there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit let out of the game. Just for the fact, from the gameplay perspective, I think they improved the combat a lot. But it really lacked in length and it really lacked in story. Because you were only on like three planets. I believe it was Cato and Neumonia, which by itself would have been Enough for my present admission. Like, I, I freaking love when they bring in these like very obscure planets, like it is in Tatooine every time. Oh, we get to go to Cato Nemoid and fight Nemoidians and stuff. This is awesome. But then you went to Camino, and then I think it was like on a ship, and those were literally the three environments. And I, I believe at certain points it would go flip flop back and forth. So compared to the first game where you're really jet setting across the entire galaxy, it feels like the second game really kind of tighten things in, and it didn't seem nearly as long either. So I was just like, okay, where's the third game? And it never came out. So we got number four from Cal Kestis, Jedi Fallen Order. It's his favorite Star Wars story since the canon reset. I love playing as Cal, dealing with his trauma, and relearning his Jedi abilities. Customizing his lightsaber to a double-bladed purple lightsaber toward the end was so satisfying. Yeah, This guy is Probably my favorite Star Wars canon video game character. I know we don't have a ton of them right now. I, I we got Iden Versio. We have the crew from Vanguard Squadron and Titan Squadron in the um, Star Wars Squadrons games. But no, oh, Cal Kestis. He he put it really well, Stephen here when he said about relearning his Jedi abilities, right? Because there's a there's a slippery slope, especially in current times now. As you're telling t- talking about Jedi about how they level up and is that really a thing that should really happen is like video gaming, the mysticism of Jedi, like, oh, they just experience and, and they level up and they get they get the force push ability. Like, I like how they handle it where he's relearning because the trauma made him like kind of hide his Jedi powers to hide from the Inquisitors for like five years. And you're going to these meditation points and the meditation points, you know, they give you the experience as you as you level. You can go to the meditation points and put them in and, and choose your path that way. And the amount of freedom it gives you with with how you can design your lightsabers is so cool. Like, I had a green double blade lightsaber, which was something I've always wanted. And we don't see a lot of kind of mixing and matching in in current movies, right? It's just a simple blue, green, red. But you can actually make, like, different hues of green, different hues of blue. In his case, a double-bladed purple lightsaber. Like, that is just so darn cool. That's badass.
1: <laughs> that's so cool. Um I would go on to another list but my computer froze. <laughs> All
0: right, I'll save you. Uh we'll do number 3. His number 3 is Sly Cooper. His first game was the first PS2 game I ever played. He is a raccoon thief with honor and it is fun to sneak around while playing as him. He also has a great team behind him. Yeah, so Sly Cooper. Now, to be transparent with everybody that's listening to this show, The only PlayStation console I've ever had was the original PlayStation. So everything after PlayStation 1, you'll probably notice I've never talked about those characters a lot because I haven't played those games really. But Sly Cooper was one of those games was I was watching my friend play at his house. So, you know, that was in the early days. PS2, I was like eight or nine or ten something. So I would go, you know, go over to my neighbor's house and just watch him play games most of the time. So before Twitch, and now everybody does it from their own living rooms basically um so i was watching him play sly cooper 2 i think i remember him but like sly has this like little cool like little cane thing there's a little combat in there it does remind me a lot of ratchet and clank um it's got that same kind of flavor as like spyro or that, that it's a classic like platformer but it like he's right it does have a little bit more more stealth yeah
1: absolutely um and then also uh, for for uh, Stevens number two, we have Ratchet from obviously from Ratchet and Clank. He says uh, the, the lovable Lombax from the Ratchet and Clank series is fun to play as with all of his gadgets and weaponry. James Donald Taylor started voicing him in the second game and going commando and has brought a lot of life to the character since. And of course, he has his trusty robot pal Clank at his side. And I believe there was a. I believe there was a there was a movie ratchet and clank movie where james and taylor also voiced him which sounded yeah. cool
0: yeah 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 the, the lovable lombax and and they are on the precipice of releasing uh ratchet and clank um some i forget the subtitle but it's going to be the first ps5 i believe the first ps5 uh, five specific game that's coming out in june and a rift in time, yeah. It's 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 Ratchet and Clank: A Rift in Time. That's going to be a PS5 game. Um But yeah, no, the, the Ratchet and Clank series is another one of those games. Like I, I would just watch my friend play because those games really focus a lot on weapons and having crazy weapons. Like you have a little weapons wheel, so you get like so many weapons by the end of the game. You're switching back and forth, like crazy weapons. Like you would see something like um a rocket, the raccoon using. That's the best way I can kind of imagine. You know, the guns he uses are like three times the size. It's basically the same thing. You're basically running around as as Rocket the Raccoon in these games. Oh,
1: that's fantastic.
0: (laughs) And we got his number one is Infernape. And and I have never heard of this Pokemon before, so I'm going to have to look it up. But as a gift for elementary school graduation after sixth grade, I was given Pokemon Diamond version. I chose Chimchar as my starter and watched it evolve into... Monferno and eventually infernate This is my favorite Pokemon, obviously because of all time training. Yeah, so that's the thing, right? Is we and I, I don't believe I played Diamond, and I do believe you know there's a lot of current news. I keep talking about these games. I believe they're they're remaking that game for this fall. I believe a Diamond Ruby, Ruby maybe. Mm, um, wow, yeah, but that is the thing, right? You pick these Pokemon in the beginning of the game, it's the first Pokemon you get. And you, so you do form that attachment. It's not like you're catching this thing out in the wild. Like you start with this Pokemon. So it, it's this huge decision. And it's probably the biggest decision you'll ever make in any Pokemon game is you always get most likely, I, I don't know if it's ever changed, but it's usually a, a water type, a grass type and a fire type. And it's a big decision. I usually go off of looks like I could do a, a, a grass Pokemon in one game and, a fire one and the other and i i chose in this most recent um pokemon game um shield i i chose the water-based pokemon cannot remember the name now but it's like one of those choices that you can't you can't fall back from like once you choose you're, you're stuck with that pokemon and for better or for worse you, you got to live with it so that is something that I uh, i definitely um understand man but yeah all around great lists. I mean, he's got Pokemon. That's the first time we're mentioning Pokemon on our selections tonight. We got those classic platformers on the, on the PlayStation. We, and we got some star Wars characters in there. Um, these are all basically action adventure minus Pokemon, which is more of an RPG. So solid, solid list with, with a decent amount of variety there.
1: Yeah. I love, I love, I love especially the, the Pokemon talk because I have no idea what half of things you just talked about. Because I've never played Pokemon. (laughs) Outside of outside of Pokemon Go. Okay, I played that game when it was like the most popular thing on the planet for like that week. (laughs) It was like ridiculously popular. Other than that, I've never really gotten into it. I'm still fascinated by like the fandom and all the things. I'm always things and I've known people had family members that were into it. But uh, but it's never it's never talked about on IPC because I don't think Zach's into it either. But uh, hey, we got some Pokemon talk finally on here. Pokemon fans unite.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it started all with me with when it came down to the Pokemon training cards. Right. That's what really hooked me. I don't know. if did, Did you never get into the Pokemon training cards? See, I never really
1: did, but I knew people that were like ridiculously into (laughs) it. Like they would shav up and they would have like the giant binders full of Pokemon cards. And I'm like, I'm not into that, but I totally like and fascinated and respect your dedication to this because that's amazing.
0: Yeah, I was bought in as a kid. I think I was like maybe between the ages of seven to ten when Pokemon was super hot. But it was like everything revolved around Pokemon, right? Because you had the physical tangibleness of the cards. But then you had the handheld Game Boy Color. That's the first Game Boy I ever had. And I had Pokemon Yellow and Blue. Um, And then after that, they also had the anime series. And that still is probably one of the very few animes I've ever watched. And I remember watching those episodes every single day coming home from school, even if I watched the same episode over and over again, I didn't care. I was into it. But yeah, that was that was a really big part of my life, and then it eventually evolved into, like, Yu-Gi-Oh and the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, so yeah, it just, mm-hmm. it just was like the, the gateway drug, if you will, into, like, other anime forms and card games.
1: Pokemon is amazing to me just because how, how it's endured. Like, it was so popular when I was, like, five. <laughs> like, it was like, everywhere, and then, like, it's continued like for so many years to just be this huge thing. And actually, you know what? I'm not as dumb about Pokemon as I, as I think I am, because I actually went and saw a Pokemon um, the detective Pikachu movie. Yeah. It was pretty good. I, I liked it. I can't remember if we actually talked about it on the show or not, but uh, I enjoyed it. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. I didn't know a whole lot. I don't know a whole lot of the lore, but like, you know, it's, it's a fun movie. You get the, general concept of it
0: yeah i and, mean video uh, game movies are famously are never gonna work that well right um, got another one coming out next week i'm ho- I'm really hoping that mortal Kombat does well but yeah the detective pikachu uh pretty darn good i i think they did the best job they can because they they t- they didn't go literally into what pokemon was they 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 made it more of like a noir kind of exploration mystery movie where the the pikachu happened to be propped up that much better because it it was being voiced by Ryan Reynolds, so I think that really helped elevate that higher up than than some of the other video game movies out there.
1: Yeah, it's basically like Deadpool but Pikachu like yeah. basically. And that's that's what kind of got me interested. Like, okay, I can get behind this. Ryan Reynolds, okay, you got me. You you got me interested. Um any I liked, you know, it was like really interesting cuz like the world building is like that and whole this whole thing, this whole world with the Pokémon and whatever. Like that was really cool, I think. I think I would love to see like more movies in that universe and just do that and develop it more, you know, MCU style. That would be great because I am as much as I'm not into Pokémon it's still fascinating to me to kind of see that happen, so. Uh, oh yeah, Pokemon oh. man! <laughs> yeah, there it's you a go. whole world. It's a whole world into itself, and uh, yeah. Well, I, 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 I obviously Steven is in the chat right now. He's kind of into it, so I think maybe we just need to stay to take over. Me and Zach will just take the week off, and you two can talk about Pokemon for an hour or two. <laughs> um, I think that I think that's thing because uh, our, our good friends uh, Chris Seakle and uh, was it Steven? Or Was it somebody else? No, oh, it was Jake. It was Jake and Chris, and they took over the show for a while to talk about Frasier.
0: Yeah, I remember that episode because I'd never seen a single episode of Frasier, but I listened to the episode anyway. I was like, "Oh, this is still entertaining." Even though I've never watched the show.
1: <laughs> me too. Me too. I was like, "Okay, this is this is entertaining." Like their kind of infectious like love for the show was was very very entertaining. So that was great. Maybe we'll do more though in the future when me and. Me and Zach are just tired, and we just want to take a week off. Um, okay, so up next, we've got um, Chad, our buddy Chad, at ChadBTI on Twitter. And uh, he says, uh, number five, Cassandra from AC Odyssey. Am I saying that right?
0: Oh, yeah, I have a lot to say about this.
1: <laughs> oh, number four, Master Chief, obviously. Um, <laughs> uh, number three, Link. Number two, Ezio at de Firenze. I'm sure I butchered that. I'm pretty sure that's from Assassin's Creed, correct? Yes. There we go. I got, it. I got one. Woo! Um, and number one, Batman from uh, Arkham series. Um, so break this down for us, Chris.
0: Oh man, I'm so had. I'm so happy that Chad put Cassandra in there. I'm currently playing that game right now. Like I played it this oh, morning. Wow. Um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Is literally an odyssey. This game is massive. You get the entire Greek world, from everywhere around Athens to down south by Crete and everywhere yeah. in between. What's really cool, and I've never seen this into a, in in a game made just like this. Right? So, Assassin's Creed generally you pick with a character and you stay with the character, such as Ezio Editore de Firenze. When you play Assassin's Creed 2, you don't get a choice. You, you pick the character. That's what the character is. Whereas in this AC Odyssey, you get to pick either Cassandra or Alexios. And what's really neat is whoever you don't pick ends up being sort of your antagonist throughout the game. So for instance, oh. I picked Cassandra and Alexios ended up being the enemy that kept coming back and forth into the story and played a major role. So I've never seen that in a game, but it was so cool because it's like they don't let that character design go to waste if you don't ever pick that character because they keep popping up here and there. And AC Odyssey, like I said, it's an odyssey. This is a huge game. So this is the first time an Assassin's Creed game really goes in heavy with the RPG elements. Up until this point, Assassin's Creed was really known to be more of an action adventure with an element of stealth. And now Assassin's Creed has basically turned into an entire rpg um based game where it's like a game such as mass effect which you know we mentioned where it's like you choose your dialogue options you can make people live or die based on your actions and those actions actually come back in later to haunt you Uh, so it's it's a fantastic game but there's also a ton of quests and i think sometimes that could be people's negatives for uh assassin's creed odyssey is there's almost like too much to do it almost feels like it's bloated to a degree because like there's quests everywhere I look there's little question marks and you go to those question marks and it becomes like addictive because you don't want to have like any stone unturned and next thing you know you're playing the game for 200 hours like (laughs) it's literally that kind of game I've stopped going after every little thing because I'm like all right, I'm going to do the major story beats but Cassandra is just a really cool character because I actually chose Cassandra as my character not Alexos um, and it's just really fun going around um, the Greek world. And that's what I really appreciate also about Ezio. He's in Rome during the Renaissance, in like the 1500s, whereas Cassandra's in 400 BC. And I think Assassin's Creed, every installment comes out. And it just amazes me how they're able to build these worlds with this kind of detail. You go to these different city states in Greece and each one has their own identity. You're seeing the people out there in the fields you're seeing you know just the people wandering the streets you're seeing little stray dogs here and there it just I can't get over how much detail and time must go into some of these games and, and you know it's an Ubisoft game so they probably have well over a thousand people working on on, the, on these games and you know they used to come out every year and now they're coming out every other year but yeah that's that's really cool that he put Cassandra in there because I'm like I'm literally playing this game right now this is so cool <laughs>
2: <laughs> but That's... we get our first
0: mention. Yeah, we get our first mention of Link. I believe this is our first mention of Link from the Legend of Zelda. Is it not?
1: I feel like somebody else mentioned Link at some point.
0: Oh wait, yeah, no, no, no. I remember that because I also mentioned about the action adventure games and whatnot.
1: Look, okay. I may be a dumb gamer, but I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna go point to Kenny's and Go, oh, they mentioned Zelda. That's Zelda. No, I'm not doing that. I know they're two different oh, characters. Just
0: to make that joke, darn it! I am <laughs> gonna say that. So you're This to Zelda the princess, not to Link. Okay, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> but but Link is a little bit of an iffy subject for me. All right, Mm. I know people prize this character or this game, and I'm going to talk about the game series in general, not the character per se, which could happen at any point during the show um, because of the way they link. But Link is usually a character that I don't believe has a lot of personality. I don't believe he really speaks ever. Like, he just the characters react to, to him essentially, and they're giving him quests, and he kind of like shakes his head a lot, nods, and stuff. And he's always wearing the same kind of garb, the green garb and stuff like that. I really enjoyed playing Link in some of the games that probably people think are the worst games and yet the best games people think I hate. So I have a very interesting relationship with the Legend of Zelda franchise. We'll say that I I liked Skyward Sword a lot. And I know people are not so hot on that one. I like um, not. What is it? The Twilight Princess. I liked a lot. I did like Wind Waker a lot. But I can't get into Breath of the Wild. I don't know what it is. I'm playing on a Switch Lite. People claim this is the best game ever made. I can maybe see it, but I can't appreciate it to that point myself because I keep dying over and over and over. Oh, my gosh. And they have this mechanic in the game where your weapons break so easily, it seems like. So, like, I'm in the middle of a boss fight and the weapons are breaking. I'm left with no weapons. and, And I don't know if I'm doing something wrong. But I think people really appreciate the, the, the freedom that you get in Breath of the Wild, and it's just this huge open world. But nonetheless, uh, I could see I could see it. And, and you know, we're going to see Link constantly on these lists. But getting into Batman, we already seen Batman in somebody's honorable mentions. But the Batman Arkham series is, is easily one of the best superhero games ever made. Batman in those is 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 also voiced by the animated series Batman actor. Kevin Conroy. Yeah. And I also happened to have Mark Hamill, who voices the Joker in those games as well. That was also an animated series. So a lot of cool nostalgia. But man, Batman is just so badass. And he's uh, Arkham of Salem, Arkham City and Arkham Knight. They make a fantastic trilogy if you play them all through. And yeah, I mean, what more can I say about Batman? If, if you like Batman from the comics, you're going to love the representation of him here in, in video game format.
1: Yeah, it's so great. It's so great. Great list, Chad. Excellent list. As as foretold by the uh, by the great discussion that you inspired. And uh, yeah, you may. I think you may. Chris's night. <laughs> so, good. Yep. Awesome stuff. Okay. all right, moving on to uh to our Facebook submissions because we haven't even got to like the general like public submissions. We were just been doing stuff from the pa- Peacekeepers and Twitter. Um. So first up is Ben Maynard, who says uh, number five, Starkiller, number four, Pikachu, number three, Mario, number two, Master Chief, and number one, Michael Vick from Madden, FNL, NFL, <laughs> NFL, 2004. He literally broke the game. What is he talking about?
0: He gave me this explanation of uh, of a sports character being... His favorite character, I thought that was so unique because, I mean, honestly, I don't think of a sport character as popping up as my favorite character in anything, but man, oh man. Um, Basically, he was saying uh, this character is just OP as heck. Uh, Let's see, I'm reading. He's so fast. He's basically saying that he was so fast, the game mechanics for that game literally couldn't react. So you could literally step back to pass with him and just run right around pretty much the entire defense of the field. And it was so overpowered. They literally took quarterbacks scrambling completely out of Madden 2005 because they still had not figured out a solution to fix it in the game. It literally broke the game, he was basically saying. So that's wow. that hilarious because you're going back to a bygone era of video games, right? Like like you have cyber the cyberpunks of the world where they ship the game and it's, it's not right and then they can fix it in the meantime, though. No, no, when games came out in two thousand five, they were done. They they, they had a, they have a term that they they use now for whatever reason it doesn't make any sense why they use it, but they they used to call a game "going gold," which basically means the game is printed on the disc, the game is literally finished. It's going to go to the shipping, and, and you are going to get the game, and that was it. You know, you, you just rub your hands and say, "Okay, the game is done." Now, if there is a big ass glitch, um, you are screwed. Like that's just how it's going to be. So. That's just hilarious! How like they couldn't even finish it in the next the next year because that's another problem I have and and I could get in a huge conversation just about this with like why they annualize sports games. I mean, I don't play sports games really ever, but I just, it just boggles my mind, especially with how you can update things now. Why they just don't do annual releases? And that's simply because they can make so much money every year. So why not? Mm, um, yeah like but it's it's getting very frustrating for a lot of the players and the fans because it's like you spend now they're like 70 dollars it used to be 60 dollars and it's like there's not so much more that was you know updated from the previous game so that could be a little bit a little bit crazy but that that's just hilarious to me how he put michael vick as his favorite character (laughs) just because he's so op oh my gosh that's hilarious but I mean, he's got some of the greatest other choices that we've mentioned so far. I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong with the big green guy, Master Chief. Mario, of course. I mean, Mario, we haven't really talked so much about Mario. We talked a little bit about Yoshi, but I mean, Mario, he's the guy that if it wasn't for him, I don't know if gaming would be where it is right now, right? Because this guy put home game consoles really on the map right with the original nes nintendo entertainment system i remember playing this game over my aunt's house because i didn't have a nintendo entertainment system i had a super nes but i didn't have an nes and even though the game at that point was 10 years old for me i still found myself enjoying it and you can still play that game today and still enjoy the heck out of it because it's a perfect game essentially the controls are perfect and it's even though it's old it's just it's got that that kind of fun factor about it. You know, it's just you simply move from the left to the right side of the screen and jump over things and jump on things to, to take them out. And that's it. Yeah, that's great. That is awesome.
1: All right. Um, and OK, there's there's um, oh, I didn't I didn't even get it to his honorable mentions here. Oh. I forgot about his honorable mentions. He's got uh, honorable mention link uh, bonk from Super Bonk on NES. <laughs> if you haven't <laughs> played this, you need to ASAP.
0: What's he talking about here? I don't even know what Super Bonk is. I, I have to look that up. Actually, it's it's some Super NES game, and it looks like a little. If you <laughs> don't know, I definitely don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a 1994 uh, 2D platform by Hudson Soft. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It looks like it's just a just a little platformer game. Well, we well, gotta play it, I guess. Now
1: he he, he recommends it, so uh, gotta do it looks like a giant-headed baby. <laughs> so like, it does. Oh, it does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next one I actually need to explain a little bit. So Aaron Kelly says, swap Link for Starkiller and you got my list. <laughs> so what he means is, is that on the public uh, photo promo for this episode... Where I put out on on social media to say, hey, you know, what's your what's your favorite, you know, what's your top five favorite video game characters? The characters featured are, uh, Lara Croft, Link, Nathan Drake, Agent Forty Seven, and I think it's Solid Snake. I
0: that would be him. I think.
1: I think so. So he's saying swap uh, swap Link for Star Killer. So his 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 uh his list is uh tomb raider star killer nathan drake agent 47 and uh solid snake he made us do the homework for him he didn't want to type it out
0: okay so you said you said agent 47 that that won't be the first or, or won't, sorry it won't be the last time we hear that name um hitman he just came out with another game he completed the the trilogy of the current systems and That is a stealth action game that is so fun. So we don't get a whole lot of stealth games anymore. We're going to feature another huge name in the stealth department. But we got Agent 47. And what they are is like you go into the levels for Hitman and you have an objective to take somebody out. Now, the choice is yours. It's nonlinear where that basically means you could take all different paths but they lead to different ways of taking out this person. So you can, you know, you can go find poison, put it in their their coffee mug and like be patient and watch them go grab it and then die that way. Or you can just simply put a bullet in her head or you can make them like fall down something and then end up in like a trash compactor. <laughs> so they have like so many fun options of just, you know, taking taking people out like that. Um, so I like how, how they're designed that way. Apparently he likes stealth a lot because that's also what, what Metal Gear is all about. It's that stealth action game they first appeared on, on PS2 and they, they're very very big in Japan. Uh, they're made by Konami, Japan uh, studio out there. And yeah, they're just highly regarded by uh, Hideo Kojima is the, the lead developer. He's, he's a big name in gaming. He's been making those games forever. But it's it's a series I haven't gotten into. I, I believe I played Twin Stakes on the, on the GameCube which is like a repack of of uh Sons of Liberty and, and the original Metal Gear solid, but they're also known to have extremely long um cutscenes. Like I I legit remember one of the cutscenes being like it had to have been almost like 30-40 minutes straight. Whoa, they, dang. Like Hideo Kojima in in his heyday, he'd make these things like almost like movie-length cutscenes. It was insane. Wow. That's crazy. That is insane. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay,
1: all right. So uh, the next one up is, uh, uh, Tanner Butler, who okay. says, uh, uh, in no particular order, I'm assuming, because there's no list, there's no numbers on these. Oh, Tanner, a- you didn't put numbers on them. They're supposed to be in. Okay. All right. I'm going to keep my cool here. All right. I'm going to keep my cool. All right. Not playing by the rules. I'll let it slide this time. All right. You he, keep, it's your first and final warning, Tanner. Um, so he says, uh, Raiden from uh, Metal Gear Solid. Uh, I almost said Edge Lord, <laughs> but it's Ed Edelgard. Edelgard. I've seen so much Edge Lord stuff on, on uh, <laughs> online stuff. I almost said that. But Edelgard from Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem. I can speak words sometimes. Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, Bayonet. From also from Final Fantasy VIII, and uh, Abby Anderson from The Last of Us Part Two. All right. Good so list. Our,
0: yeah, great list. We got our first uh, appearance of a Last of Us character, Abby Anderson. I haven't played Last of Us Two, but there's a lot of controversy surrounding this character, and that's all I'll say about that. Oh. Uh, Bayonetta, another first uh, selection here. A uh, character that basically uses high heels as weapons, and her hair is weapons, <laughs> I believe. Absolutely crazy. Um, cloud strife first appearance uh, on on these lists here won't be the last you're going to see a lot of these this character is is the main uh, male and ta- uh, protagonist in final fantasy 7 um, we got edelgard now this is a series the fire emblem series very high praise is given to this um, it's like a strategy tactics kind of game over over top uh, that's been on the Nintendo systems for forever. And we just got on talking about Metal Gear Solid. And we have a character that's not Solid State, but it is Raiden. Raiden is a character that has a very interesting history with Metal Gear. Because at one point in Sons of Liberty, when he first appears, he is basically butt naked. And you could actually <laughs> run around the environment doing cartwheels. And he'll like, cover his stuff as he's doing the cartwheels. It's bizarre. That's wow awesome about this character. It is so crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is one of those weird things like you'll find on the Internet if you just look it up. Um, oh, my God. Well, we have a list from Alex Newgen, Agent 47, James Bond, Sam Fisher, Darth Revan, and Carl Johnson. OK, so this guy went right for the tri- um the try with the agent 47, James Bond and Sam Fisher all being stealth action stars. Oh yeah. Talk a lot about agent 47, but I got to say a little bit about James Bond because if it wasn't for James Bond, kind of like Mario did for the platformer genre without gold eye on the N64, we wouldn't have halo. We wouldn't have, um, all those high profile first person shooters because they also had multiplayer on gold deny. And, and that was the biggest thing back then. Everybody would go over one house before uh, online and, People would all bring their own controllers because, you know, nobody had enough money to have four controllers just lying around all the time. So everybody brought their controller and we'd have fun. Um, Sam Fisher, Splinter Cell, loved that game series, played it on a GameCube. Uh, Everybody's been crying for another Sam Fisher uh, Splinter Cell game for years now. Ubisoft has put this character in all of their other properties. Like we talked about Ghost Recon. He was in that. He's in like a bunch of games. That are just like mobile games, and people are just getting really mad now. But Sam Fisher put stealth games on the map, kind of like what Metal Gear did. Sam Fisher is more of a grounded in reality. His Splinter Cell games are basically pretty realistic compared to Metal Gear, which has like giant robots and stuff. Darth Revan, pretty cool character from from of the Jedi Republic. We you know we talked a little bit about him. But Carl Johnson, I had to get mad at myself for looking this up. This is actually a character from Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, and The reason why I didn't know that is because I never played that version. Um, Didn't have a PS2, so never played 3, never played San Andreas or Vice City, really. But this is the one that's basically modeled after, like, L.A. So you play, like, one of these gang member guys, and you're just going around. And um, there's a lot of fun stuff in in that game, for sure. That's awesome. That's really cool. All
1: right, um, up next, we've got uh, John Flippinger. He says, uh, Bond... Darth Revan, Michelangelo, or he says any of the TMNT NES games. Uh, Solid Snake, Toad from Mario Kart for Mario Kart for SNES and N64. So uh, got some got some old school stuff in there. Some Bond, some Revan, and some TMNT. some NES, good list.
0: Yeah, have you ever played the old school arcade cabinet? Um, TMT uh, TMT game.
1: I think I may have played like an emulator of it at one point, like or like one of the oh, console yeah. versions. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I used to remember going to like the local um, bowling alley, and they would have like a little couple couple arcade games, and that would always be the one we would all go to. That one and the X Men game. It's the four player co op, and it's like just side scrolling, just beating them beat, em, beat em up games. It. Oh my gosh, we, we poured so much money into those things. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, but we also have Toad. So that's a character from the Mario games, and I remember him in Mario Party. Like you know, it's like the last character anybody wants to choose to be. You know, you get the you get Luigi, Mario, Princess Peach. It's like, oh, who's going to be Toad? You know, it's one of those one of those guys. So hey, I got to give props for job. Put him on his top five list of all time game characters. I'd like to I'd like to have a conversation of why exactly that would be, but that'd be pretty fascinating. Probably <laughs> we got on vels, and he is saying or or he or she um squall leonhart we got naked snake etsy auditory kratos and Xiao Dun. um so Xiao Dun, i had to look this one up this guy is a actual character not a character like an actual historic figure in i believe chinese history so i'm assuming this is from one of the dynasty warrior games and they are one of those big open world not open world but like large environments like hacking and slashing like you're hitting people and like 10 people go flying like,
1: like oh yeah crazy, yeah yeah
0: crazy big crowd scenes like of hundreds of characters and you're just seeing somebody with like a 10 foot long sword just <laughs> slashing people <laughs> me and my buddy had a lot of fun with this one it was it was co-op um Kratos first appearance on a list from Kratos this is a character that really got his due in the most recent God of War game but up until then I think it was PS2 era, PS3. And he has a character that is um, also kind of like Cassandra from the Greek. Um, and he's just going around trying to kill all the gods. So very much a video game-esque thing. Like this guy has one mission. And his mission is to kill all the gods that betrayed him, essentially. So I think that that's pretty cool there. Um, Ezio, awesome addition. We're going to see that a lot. As well as Naked Snake. So, I mean, you have Solid Snake. You have naked snake there's different versions of snake throughout the years a lot of
1: snakes there
0: yeah yeah there's cold war era snake i hate snakes yeah really it's it's all over the place with that and uh let's see squall i i believe that is a a final fantasy character and uh, like i said i haven't really dabbled into a lot of those games because i haven't really had a a a playstation to play them on uh, in particular Awesome, awesome.
1: Um, up next we've got a uh, Joshua Nadjuan, who says uh, Sam Fisher, Obi Wan Kenobi. That's I think the first mention of Obi Wan on this one. Uh, Kratos, Conquer the Squirrel, <laughs> and Deadpool. I'm uh I'm familiar with Conquer. I am for some reason
0: <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah, Are you?
1: Con-
0: yeah, Conquer was one of those games I'd watch my friend play because. It was one of those games that was rated M for mature, and I I don't, I don't know if I had an interest in it or I just didn't go with it. But yeah, it was basically a game made made by Rare, with the same people that made Banjo Kazooie, and it's just so oh funny because like you see Banjo Kazooie, and then you see this, so it's like potty mouth squirrel just going around, just causing havoc and being crazy, <laughs> kind of like Deadpool. And and I haven't played that Deadpool game, but I heard good things about it. I think he's due for like another another real good game there. Um, and Obi Wan Kenobi, that's that's interesting because that can mean a lot of things. I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I think of the original Xbox game, I think it could have been a launch title in 2001. I feel like everybody always forgets about the game. But what I liked about that game was it took place right before episode one of Phantom Menace. And you kind of get like some backstory on, on what Kenobi's doing with, with Qui-Gon. And what was really unique and definitely intuitive design was like the right analog stick would be the way you swing your lightsaber rather than, like, press, like, X or Y as an attack. You would actually have to, like, swing your your joystick in the direction, and it would actually go in that direction. So I thought from, like, a gameplay perspective, it was pretty unique, and it, it's pretty difficult from what I remember, because you you feel like you're dueling um, some of these guys that must have had some kind of um, lightsaber-repelling weapons, uh, vibro-axes or blades or something. But, yeah, it was a fun one. Oh, yeah. The, my best... Obi Wan Kenobi,
1: gaming memory is the original Obi Wan's Adventures
2: what? Game
1: Boy game. Do you remember this? No. There is a game. It was like it, I think it's called Obi Wan's Adventures, and it was basically like set during an like Phantom Menace. But you were like Obi Wan playing as Obi Wan, and you would go through there. You fight in droids, all this kind of stuff. And this is like. Game Boy, color to Game Boy Advanced era. Like this is old school, like when I was a kid. But I played the heck out of this game, <laughs> and you would go through all. It was like the entire like story of Phantom Menace plus like a bunch more stuff. Really fun, and and you have like codes at certain points. There was no like save points, obviously, because it was an original Game Boy. So you would have like codes to put in to get to certain levels. Uh, I have some of those codes still in my head that I can recall <laughs> because. I had them written down. It was a whole process. I love that game, and I wish I could find it just to play it again and find my Game Boy, because that was great.
0: That's the thing that we take for granted as gamers now is we got nice little auto-save features. When we play a game, especially on my Xbox, I could just quick resume it and like get right back in the action just from turning them on, on my X, Xbox Cold. Like It goes right to the game, right where I left off. I haven't even to save anymore. So a lot of cool quality of life things from... You know, thirty years of innovation, but uh we got a list from Carlos Navarro. Uh, He's saying DMC five Dante, DMC three Dante, DMC four Dante, DMC one Dante, DMC Dante, just to make the other Dantes look better. So it's not even like he actually put them in like a descending order. Like apparently, some of these Dantes are better than others in different orders because you got five, three, four, one. It's like, okay. I thought this guy was trolling here for a second. <laughs> Who is Dante? <laughs> <laughs> he is the main character for sure. He's, he's got really cool looking hair and he basically slays demons and they are very action heavy. It's like one of those games where you really need to know your combos because you'll you'll see people pull off combos that are in like the hundreds. You're you're just like floating in midair, just doing backflips, shooting people, then hitting them over and over and over again, and you go from enemy to enemy like that. Oh my gosh,
1: that <laughs> that's just <that's> great. <laughs> okay, up next we've got uh, Andy Savage, who says uh, n- again no numbers. Andy, okay, never mind. Um. Chrono, Ezio, Link, Alucard, and Carl Johnson.
0: Yeah, so we got another one up for Carl Johnson. That's really cool. Getting the Grand Theft Auto love. Chrono, I'm guessing it's a character from Chrono Trigger, which is one of those classic uh, Super Nintendo RPGs that I've never played. We got Ezio, of course. Like I said, we're going to see a lot of Ezio and Link. And Alucard, I'm not certain who that character is. Oh, my
1: gosh. Again, if they stumped you, they definitely stumped me.
0: (laughs) Let us see. A la carte. Oh, this is from uh, Castlevania. So Castlevania is very much like Metroid, where you are going 2D, walking around different places, um, trying to find ways to get past certain doors. So there's lots of backtracking, but there's also lots of uh, slinging your sword around and stuff like that. So pretty cool right there. Pretty well-rounded list. You got some some, uh, shooting in there. You got some side-scrolling, exploration. RPG so they really did and they really did pretty much hit like all of the major major platforms there so this guy's got a lot of uh, good taste in games from all the different genres uh, next up we have Johns McGee and he is saying Commander Shepard Master Chief Darth Revan Link and Ezio and, and and here's another fantastic list we've we've already gone over every one of these characters and that is for good reason because otherwise why wouldn't we they're they're all super cool characters um, again just like the previous list a lot of variety and gameplay from rpgs to first person shooters to to action rpgs to action adventure another great list yeah excellent list where were we <laughs> we are on Aaron shaper i'll read this one off so we have sora master chief Ezio, Reven, mike the liar okay i'm gonna have to look up mike the liar But Sora's from Kingdom Hearts, and and Kingdom Hearts is a well-regarded game in the RPG JRPG space because it really combines like Final Fantasy with Disney characters. There's three of them, and it gets really, really confusing because then they started re-releasing some of the games. So you have like Kingdom Hearts 1.5, and then Kingdom Hearts 2.8. It's like what? What is the numbers and the decimal points? And it gets very confusing because then they have like mobile games and stuff that all factor in. My friend tried to explain it to me, and I'm like. I think I'll just let this one lie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And did, did, what about, did you get the make the liar thing? I'm currently looking it up. Oh, okay. I'm going to read the next one while you're doing that. Oh, okay. Um,
0: somebody from elder scrolls. Oh, that's our first elder scrolls mention. Um, it's somebody from Skyrim. Um, interesting. So there you go. That's a very, very popular franchise. The elder scrolls game, uh, they are currently going to be moving into their sixth elder scrolls game sometime in the future
1: interesting very interesting all right um uh up next we've got jared cook and for the record yes i am paying attention this time um just teaches me not to, to multitask um jared cook says um number 5 or actually I go honorable mentions he says uh abby master chief and cortana and then for number 5 Joel, I'm assuming, from The Last of Us. On uh, number four, Ezio. Number three, Nathan Drake. Number two, Commander Shepard. And number one, Ellie. So some uh, some good old-fashioned Last of Us love in there. That's good.
0: Yeah, Last of Us is super popular. There's two games in a series. Um, they actually announced they're making a series on HBO. And I know you're going to like this because I don't know if you've seen the casting news, but we got our favorite Mandalorian actually making making his appearance into his first, I believe, video game franchise.
1: Yeah, I think I heard about this.
0: Yeah, Pedro Pascal is gonna be playing a role of Joel. And uh <laughs> you got one of the characters from Game of Thrones that played like one of the like lesser lords, this very young girl. She's playing uh she's playing Ellie. So there you go. This yeah, person I heard about that. Uh, Jared really, really likes those games and they win a lot of awards every time they come out. So there's a lot of people are right there with you. Nathan Drake Good to see him on another list there. Just great action, another PlayStation exclusive game. So he's, even though he's very much a PlayStation fan, he does have Master Chief and Cortana in his honorable mentions as well. So got to mention that as well. That's really cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Up next, we have Nicholas E. Pacheco. And they are saying Mega Man at number one, Solid Stake at number two, Master Chief at number three, Samus Aran at number four, John Marston at number five. I should have read those the other direction, but I was already too late. So I was just going to keep going through. (laughs) But, oh, man, he's our first mention of John Marston on this show tonight. And he is a character from Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption 2. It's one of my Red Dead Redemption 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. So the characters are just so well developed. They have so many layers, so many nuances to them the way that they behave, the performances by all the actors involved with the motion capture. It's something um, that would be up there with The Last of Us as far as uh, this overall uh, quality. But Mega Man, first time we're mentioning that Mega Man are very difficult games. They're side-scrollers, ups and I haven't played a lot of them, but man, oh man, they have a lot of them. They, they, they must have over 10 Mega Man games easy at this point. Wow, that's crazy.
1: And I screwed up again. Sorry. I literally closed out of the notes. Like, what is going on with my computer tonight? Like, seriously, oh, is, it, is it like plotting against me? Like, come on, man. <laughs> uh, okay, now I got, I'm back now. I'm back now. And I've got Tyler Hall. And uh, he has honorable mentions. Ezio from Assassin's Creed. Kyle Katarn, again, from Dark Forces, Jedi Ooh. Knight series. Uh, and Yuna from the Final Fantasy X And X-2, or I should say 10. Um, And then uh, for number five, he says Geralt. I know that name. Geralt of Rivera from the Witcher series. I know how to pronounce that. Um, Number four, Commander Shepard from Mass Effect. Um, Number three, Marcus Fenix from Gears of War. Number two, Gordon Freeman from the Half-Life series. First mentioned in Half-Life. And uh, number one, Master Chief from the Halo series.
0: Yeah, so I want to first mention his honorable mention of Yuna because this was one of those games where I I I was like, let me try Final Fantasy. (laughs) And I went to the local blockbuster at that time and I picked it up. I was like, I'm going to just pick up any Final Fantasy. I think at the time everybody was talking about Final Fantasy 7 probably still. So I got this game and it was like three females in the game. Which is fine. Like, that's cool. But like me and my cousin were going to play this game and we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into because <laughs> it was just like it was not our type of game at the time. So I, I just remember that, like, it was just this funny thing of just like, well, this isn't what I expected. <laughs> but uh, Geralt of Rivia. Yeah, I mean, of course, The Witcher, The Witcher 2, Assassin's Kings and Witcher 3, especially Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, one of my favorite games of all time. It's up there, like I said, with, with Red Dead Redemption this is a really solid list. Tyler put in some heavy hitters in this list, man. I mean, he's got Master Chief, Gordon Freeman, and Half-Life. Like This guy doesn't say a damn word in any of the things he's ever in. It's one of those characters where you're like, you imagine yourself as those characters. You put yourself into that, the shell of that, of that um, avatar, essentially. So he's just going around trying to save the world with his crowbar from these invading aliens. But Half-Life has always been a series which has always pushed the genre for, uh, or really, video games as a whole, with with the fidelity of the graphics, with with the way the physics work, with the Havoc engine they develop, and all that kind of, th- or the Source engine. So, so good stuff there. All right, we're going to my good buddy JT Hogan, and um, yeah, he didn't he didn't put any of these things in order. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, Ezio Auditore from AC2 and Brotherhood. We have Jack from Jackson Daxter series. We have Starkiller slash Galen Merrick from the Force Unleashed. We talked a lot about him tonight. Um, Kratos getting another vote in from the God of War series. And our actually, I was about to say our first Marvel character. No, we, we talked about Deadpool already. But Spider-Man from Spider-Man PS4 2018 in specific. So um, do you know anything about the Jack and Daxter series man? I've seen of it. I really
1: don't know much.
0: Yeah, so it's very much in the vein of, like, the Sly Coopers, the Ratchet and Clank's of the world, where it's very bright, very vibrant. You're, you're teaming up, you know, it's a duo. I guess they wanted to make their version of Banjo and Kazooie. So it's like, you had this moment in time where, like, all these game companies were like, we got to cash off of Banjo and Kazooie. Let's make Jack and Daxter. So it's like this this near-human elf-looking guy, and I don't even know what Daxter was. now. Actually, he looked like a little mini tiger mammal thingy (laughs) or but um no it's cool that he put spider-man in there i mean people love that game and and i'm i'm envious man i i I wish that spider-man was available not just on the playstation series I, i i believe it might eventually hopefully come to pc at least i know they don't want that thing on xbox but it really looks like they went all out with the character-driven stories, and, and and Sony has been doing super good with with that lately. With well, Last of Us, Uncharted, with with this, and God of War, like the, the and the um the one uh what is it, the Samurai game, Knights of uh that that that's uh, all good stuff there. But we also have him saying Ezio from AC2 and Brotherhood, but he's not mentioning Revelations. So I, I guess. <laughs> I have to talk to him about this one. I wonder why he left <laughs> out Revelations. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. I'm actually going to. I'm actually going to, to talk specifically about about Chad Englands because he he's a he's a good friend of mine. He has sent yeah, me. go ahead. He sent me a message with a little bit like a Stephen Schindler list, real quick. So, oh my goodness, let's read through each one of his uh, very good explanations. Um, so he's starting off with number five, Blanca from Street Fighter fame. This is the guy as a kid who got me hooked on the game with his unique appearance and obvious monstrous strength. Oh yeah, and he could charge himself up electrically badass. Alright, he has number four, Knuckles. When Sonic the Hedgehog came out with Sonic and Knuckles, the badass Enchinita made his first appearance. One of the first things I had to do was go find out what the heck an Encineta actually was. And then, I re- and then I reveled in the character that started off as a baddie and subsequently became the most badass hero that the Sonic crew has going to this day. His number three is Luigi. Who says a Mario is a number one? <laughs> when I was a little <laughs> kid, and the first Mario Brothers came out, I always wanted to be the less noticeable to most and overlooked green guy who turned out to be Mario's faithful brother, Luigi. As I only got to do this at first in multiplayer, every opportunity to be the underrated Luigi became a fun treat. Gotta add that Warrior became much much later the very admirable alternative. Or my other favorite guy to be other than Luigi. But with only five choices, I'm going to stick with the green guy. His number two is Arthur Morgan. And he just simply states, I shouldn't have to explain it, should I? (laughs) I know exactly what he means. His number one also happens to be uh, John Marston from Red Red Dead Redemption as well. Uh, Shouldn't have to explain this one either. And me, uh, me being me, but what I will say is that John and Arthur were neck and neck, and this made a very tough choice. In the end, I remembered all those days playing and replaying the original Red Dead Redemption, and nostalgia won out, plus the epilogue. And I know what he means, but I don't want to spoil anything. And he does have one honorable mention worthy mention and probably tied for the number five spot is Earthworm Jim. Heck, certain days this character. Would have beat out Blanca. Lucky was today that I ended up thinking of Blanca first. But how could I forget a simple earthworm in a super suit trying to save his princess love? Now, whoever created that character slash scenario had some imagination. If I'm honest, probably one of the most fun characters in a game that I've ever had a chance to play with. Yeah, so I think his explanations speak for himself. But I will say, first off, earthworm Jim. I I remember renting that, and I mentioned this before. This is how much I'm dating myself. Blockbuster Video. I would be going there <laughs> weekly, and I remember certain times that I I would get certain games multiple times, even though they would have constantly new games. I I remember getting Earthworm Jim multiple times and not getting very far. It was a very difficult game, but yeah, just a striking character. Um, their uh, Street Fighter. I've never been a big fan of of, of fighting games in general. The the they just. I I'm not good with the combos man. I, my instincts are not that great to be able to uh, reflexes to be able to kind of react counterattack uh stuff like that. And uh an enchinita, I had to look that one up. So it's basically like a little like um like a hedgehog with like a like a snout, like an anteater snout. So oh. I, that, that that's pretty cool there, but um overall great list man and uh oh yeah, he he's a big fan of Red Dead Redemption and me and him have uh, spoken uh lengths about that game for years now so definitely definitely good there awesome that is
1: so good um is it Mike up next Mike Oliver
0: yes I think the- these are all people you know right Th- these are these all are people I know this happens to be my brother in law
1: so yeah oh cool cool okay so I'll run through his really quick um he's got uh, number five Ratchet and Clank number four Sephora Sephiroth. Sephiroth. There you go. Um, number three, robot from Portal Gladys. Yeah, Gladys is the name, right?
0: I I believe that was the name. He. Gla- he put- I think it's GLaDOS, oh. I think. I think. Okay. I could have that explained. Yeah. I could I've have-
1: never played the game, but I've seen gameplay and I've, I'm familiar with the story. So, um, number two, Nathan Drake. And number one, Cloudstrife.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Sa- Sephiroth and Cloudstrife are from um, the same game, Final Fantasy VII. Um, Sephiroth is the antagonist cloud strife is the protagonist we've seen cloud on the list a couple of this before this but what i will say is they've remade uh final fantasy 7 and man i i can't wait to play that. i've never played the first game but people just highly regard uh final fantasy 7 as one of the best games because of the characters and the gameplay is really fun too but yeah ratchet and clank um He's basically got a PlayStation exclusive list here. I mean, okay, so so Portal <laughs> can be a third person, third party game, but Nathan Drake definitely um, is 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 a PlayStation exclusive game. But like, uh, yeah, so solid list there for for PlayStation fanatics for sure. Um, and then his brother Matt sent a list. Matt, uh, Matt Oliver, he's going with uh, Ramza, then Master Chief. He's going with Cloud, Kratos at number two and Mario at number one. So you he sent me a message about Ramza, because actually I had to look that one up. Ramza is from the Tactics games, and he just kind of symbolizes Ramza as as one of his favorite characters from all the hours he spent, and I, I know what he means by that, um, with, with playing a certain character, a certain game. Um, he has Master Chief in this one. He He has the big three, right? This is a good proportion list, a good balance. He's got you know, Mario is a Nintendo character. He has got Kratos and cloud is specific to PlayStation characters. And he's got the big green guy bringing up Xbox. So he's basically got like the mascots, if you will, of of the different systems there, which is, I think is pretty cool.
1: (laughs) Wow. That's cool. Um, okay. Up next, we've got, uh, Derek miles Bender who says, uh, Joker persona five, uh, number four, Geralt of Rivia, the Witcher, uh, Ezio Aditor, I'm pretty sure I butchered that, I'm sorry Assassin's Creed fans um, uh, number 2 Dante from DMC and uh, number 1 uh, Yu Yuenur- Narukamai from Persona 4
0: alright yeah Persona Persona series is, is a JRPG and I got explained what it's about to me and I don't know if I'd be on board for that sort of thing but hey I think it's a turn-based, uh, turn-based RPG where it's like you deal with kids that, that are in school, but like there's nefarious things happening with, with the instructors, the teachers there, and then it's this whole other, I guess, persona, hence the name. Um, Geralt of Rivia, of course. Uh, Dante, specifically from uh, Devil May Cry, very cool. So, solid list. You got some RPGs in there. You got some action-adventure. You got action RPGs with, with The Witcher and just straight-up action games with, with uh, Devil's May Cry, so very good there. Uh, coming up, uh, we got James Smith in no particular order, apparently. We got Arthas, Talazora, Naraya, we have Kreia, Knuckles, and Kerrigan. So we got our first appearance of a character from, um, from StarCraft, so Kerrigan, and we also have Arthas, who happens to be from another Blizzard game, and that is from Warcraft. Warcraft, Ar- Arthas starts off as a good guy, and he, He's basically like the Anakin Skywalker, if you will, of of the Warcraft universe. You know, he's he's this kid that is a he's like the chosen one. Essentially, he's he's going to be like a a very strong paladin and he ends up becoming a death knight and and becomes corrupted in the end. It becomes a very big bad um, for for a very long time. And we got taught Tali Zora who is another character in Mass Effect. You You don't play as her in particular, but she is one of your companions that you could take out. And she's got the sense of mystery behind her. She's she her people um, basically are known as the Geth, and they wear these masks and they and they travel in these large flotilla of ships, like as kind of like refugees around the galaxy. So there's a lot of cool mystery tied up behind her, and, and another mysterious character that you might know of a little bit is uh, is Kreia from from the Industrial Republic too.
1: Oh yeah, I think I've heard of her.
0: Yeah, so she basically befriends your character and, well, I'll leave it to the gamer to figure out what happens, Dex, because I think there's still a lot of people that haven't played the second one because I don't knock it. Definitely play the second one for sure.
1: <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. All right. Up next, we've got our, our good friend Daniel Duquette who uh, says, hey, my last-minute choices for top five video game characters are uh, number five, Lego Star Wars custom character. (laughs) This feels like a cheat, Dan, okay? I'm not sure if I allow this, but uh, we'll, we'll keep going with this. He says, couldn't choose one, so I had to go with a combination of them all. Great fun combining aspects and abilities, weapons of different characters in the Star Wars universe. Okay, fair enough. That was a lot of fun. Um, Number four, Dr. Neo Cortex from the Crash Nitro Kart. Uh, My go-to with great one-liners in this lesser version of Mario Kart. He says, quote, ah, the wind in my hair. Um, Number three, Samus in Super Smash Bros. Brawl. And he's my go-to game for full of awesome times and party play. Gotta love some Smash Bros, man. Gotta love it. Um, number two, Clone Trooper. <laughs> original Star Wars Battlefront two. Just the old reliable class <laughs> that brought so many hours of immersive fun and terrific Max. Honestly, I can't disagree with your picks here, man. Yeah. They're pretty good. And yeah, playing just original Clone Trooper just with that blaster. Pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. I'm liking this list. I heck of a lot more than I thought I would. Number one, we got Nico. Nico from GTA <laughs> four just a straight up badass roaming around one of the greatest video game maps with ambiances ever that's a great list man
0: dude and he threw some really unique things in there right like things we haven't seen yet like a lego character but it's not just any lego character it's a custom like lego character so you make this thing your own and get to run around the star wars universe man that that's that's freaking brilliant (laughs) oh my gosh and 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 dr neocortex that's from the crash bandicoot games which were like you know sony's answer to nintendo's mario essentially is you got these this crash bandicoot this this guy from down under and he's running around he's hitting the boxes and and it's very dynamic very bright in colors uh sam is okay he's talking about we didn't really talk about super smash brothers just because a lot of these characters are in different uh different games themselves but yeah super smash brothers amalgamation of every nintendo character ever made essentially and there's all different versions uh melee is the one that's regarded i think as like the tournament one still but you have brawl which was i think on the wii and then you have the one out now which is i forget there's been there's been a lot of them ultimate (laughs) is the one that's out now yeah (laughs) Um, clone trooper yeah i mean okay he's talking about the original uh Wars battlefront 2 which is awesome but um even with the normal Battlefront, oh, the 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 2017 version, I yeah, died a lot of times as a clone trooper, and um, Nico, that was cool, because this is a character that I picked up right away, like I said before, I was a little bit, um, I didn't know who that other character was from from San Andreas, but I knew right away, because GTA 4, I, yeah, I, I agree with, with Daniel in saying that this is a very awesome map, Liberty City was basically their version of New York City, so a lot of you know, a lot of crummy, dark environments. You're going around these these alleyways and your Nico is a Russian um, in America, essentially. So you're you're running all these gambling and, and drug thing and all this, cra- you know, it's your your typical Grand Theft Auto story. All right.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. OK, so really quick. So we are running short on time, so I'm going to I'm going to run through these next few just just real quick, and then we can talk about them after, Um, because most of these are from our friends at Phantom Empire, and then there's a couple at the end that that we just had last-minute submissions. But we'll, we'll talk about them as soon as I get through them, but I'm going to run through them really quick. So first off, we got McMahon from Phantom Empire. He says, uh, number five, Sora from Kingdom Hearts series. uh Number four, Marcus. Fenix from Gears of War, Link from Legend of Zelda, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and number one, Mario. Um, we got Kieran Gogan, who says, uh, Darth Revan, Super Mario, Laura Croft, Earthworm Jim, and Sir Daniel from Medieval. Um, Randy Gules, I'm sorry if I butchered your name, Randy, but uh, number five, Starkiller, good choice. Number four, Mario, uh, Handsome Jack from BL2, uh, Cloud from... Final Fantasy uh, 7 and uh, Shepherd from Mass Effect and then also just recently dropped in our chat were uh Dolly Deathhouse eighty eight, which is the most darkest and most badass I think handle we've ever seen in our live chat here. Yep. Um and they say uh Laura Croft for number 5 uh Mor- Morgan Insault from Street Fight Uh, or maybe Street Fighter, Uh, Katana from Mortal Kombat, Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat, and number one, A-Bray from Parasite Eve. And then the final one comes from our buddy Jesse. Um, He says, uh, number five, Cloud from Final Fantasy, number four, Cortana from Halo, number three, Toad from the Mario series, Uh, number two, Killik from the Soul Calibur series, and Soul Calibur 3, I should say, and number one, Batman from the Arkham series. Um, that was a lot to process. Anything you want to point out there, Chris? I'm sorry. I just I, I had to get those out of the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say first off, um uh Dolly Death House. I, I mentioned it off the top. I'm like, I have no idea who I, Brea or Parasite Eve actually is. I, I'm assuming it's a it's a horror game knowing her. Um it's probably some kind of horror game there. Um <laughs> but Mortal Kombat. I mean, how have we gotten to the end of this list? And, and there's not been a single Mortal Kombat character, that but at least you made up with that and gave us two. So that that's good. That um, is awesome. <laughs> looking through Handsome Jack, a lot of people love the Borderlands games, man. They're, they're addicting. It's that looter shooter, one of the first looter shooters ever, even before Destiny. So that that's a good one right there. We got a, an official um, ballot from Earthworm Jim. Um, I know Chad put it in his honorable mentions, but it's nice to see him make... Somebody's final list there. Um, Sir Daniel from Medieval. No idea what that is. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the rest are ones that we've already spoken about. So I I think... um, Oh, Killick from Soul Calibur. Okay, so we got another another fighting game. So a lot of people are digging these fighting games. Mortal Kombat, uh, Street Fighter, Soul Calibur. We're getting all the main ones in there, which it's good to see. But I believe... We have touched upon everybody's list at that point.
1: I think we got everyone. And I think it actually is time, finally, for our lists. I know you guys have been waiting in suspense all this time. And I think, let's just go ahead and do it. Let's jump right into it. Um, And so I'm going to lead off with you first, Chris. Um, Of course, we do honorable mentions here. So if you have, and I know you've been sending me messages all day and for the past several days, about how much trouble you've had <laughs> narrowing yours down. Yeah. And uh, I'm assuming you have at least a few honorable mentions to add to your top five.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before I break down the list, uh, my way of thinking about creating my list was, okay, I'm going to make these all playable characters that I've experienced through playing the game, and these are all going to be franchises that are outside... Um, established franchises um, in gaming. So nothing like Marvel, nothing like Star Wars, nothing like that. It's fine that people put that there. I, I just wanted to give myself an absolute challenge.
1: I like that you're creating I, rules for yourself. I love I love that. So that's cool.
0: <laughs> so I have five honorable mentions. I have Duke Nukem. I have BJ Blazkowicz. I have Banjo and Kazooie, which I kind of broke the rules, I think, a little bit because they're technically a duo and you can't really do one without the other because um, the game just wouldn't work. And you also have Ezio on that list, as well as Lara Croft. So uh, real quick, Duke Nukem, one of the first gaming memories I've ever had. A lot of fun running around and, and also questioning to my father at the time, why are these girls uh, dancing on these poles, daddy? You know, <laughs> he's four or five years old playing this on the PC. Oh, and this guy's no. just like, what, what is going on here? I'll never get that out of my head. VJ um, Plaskowitz. Oh. B.J. blasco is, is the main character in the Wolfenstein games. I know I mentioned that when I was talking a little bit about Indiana Jones. Great character. Um, that typical action 80s hero type of character vibe. Very strong character. A little bit sensitive underneath the layers. And is really good with just dual wielding weapons. Banjo-Kazooie, one of the best platformers ever. I've actually been playing it through the streaming app on my Xbox uh, Game Pass app. It's amazing. ezio Awesome assassin. There's so many assassins throughout the Assassin's Creed games, but I went with him because he is like, when I think about Assassin's Creed, his games are what I really think of Assassin's Creed. Now they're more like outside of what they initially were intended to be to a certain degree. And Lara Croft, you know, as a female character, seeing how far she has come from like the laughing stock of, oh, the typical girl character that has to have big boobs to like the girl <laughs> that is now. The survive, yeah, that's like basically they put that in there, right? <laughs> like, but now they have redeemed themselves with the Square Enix um version. They have made a trilogy of a survival and, and really boosting up that character, that the female character would be very strong and just have a lot more going for her than what she initially had from the start on the on the original PlayStation. Um, so there was, those were my honorable mentions.
1: Cool, cool. So, to counter you and show you just how seriously I'm taking this, I only have one honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> and it is Donkey Kong.
0: Oh, man. I actually had that on my list and I had to not narrow it down. He didn't make the cut. Oh, I got.
1: See, okay. Smash Bros. probably one of my all time favorite games. I've always, I haven't played it that much. But every time I played it, it's just it's great. And like my go-to character has always been like Donkey Kong. I don't even know if he's, if he's like the best character. Probably not in the game. But like he's so much fun. He's just this big thing, and he can you know he can you know of course slap the ground and do all this kind of stuff. And then obviously I've played a lot of Donkey Kong Country over the years, especially on a Game Boy, and I love that game. And and he's just a it's just a fun character. And, you know, he's he's so much fun. It's I mean, it's a freaking giant gorilla. Like, how can you not love that? It's it's basically King Kong, but it's it's not. It's just a thing. And the whole lore behind around him is just great. Um, but, yeah, that's my honorable mention. That's the only one I've got. And uh, I guess we're under number five now. And Chris, I'll let you lead it off.
0: Yeah, we got Marcus Phoenix in at my number five. I spoke a lot about this guy already. But, you know, you, you meet this guy and he's, he's in jail and they have to break this guy out of jail help fight against the survivors on uh, the Soren survivors there or Saren survivors sorry Um, he's got a lot of great one liners again just like you're you think of us a video game character a guy that is doing one thing one thing only and he's slaying the Lucas so there's my number five that is
1: cool that's great okay so you're gonna notice a theme here with mine I'm just warning you all right I'm a serious gamer serious So my number five is the Rebel Friend from Lego Star
0: Wars.
1: (gasps) Do you know this character?
0: The Rebel Friend?
1: Rebel Friend. Are you familiar with the Rebel Friend? If not, I will educate you. I am stumped. (laughs) (laughs) I stumped him, guys. You see what I did? I stumped him. Okay, so in Lego Star Wars, in the Tainted Four level... In, like, the original Lego Star Wars 2, I think, (laughs) when you're going through and you have, like, Captain Antilles and you have, like, the droids, there's another playable character. All the other, like, rebel troopers have, like, the black vest with the blue shirts. Yeah. This guy has a black vest with a red shirt. What? And he's called a rebel friend. I don't know why, but I've seen people cosplay this character at Star Wars <laughs> oh Celebration. No. Not even kidding. <laughs> Just look up Rebel Friend, and you will see exactly what I'm talking about. But he is this character that's become, like, this thing, and he's memed and all this kind of stuff. And, yeah, there's yeah, there's things. It, yeah. yeah, you see exactly what I'm talking about.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: It's like somebody put him in Star Wars Battlefront Two. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. And, like... I was just thinking of like, what's the character like if I'm going to play just a random character in Lego star Wars, I'm playing as the rebel friend and that's my number
0: five. Oh my gosh. Um, I have to, I have to pay attention to the chat real fast. Uh, I'm going to interject here with Steven Schinder. Have either of you watched the donkey Kong country TV show from the nineties. And after reading this, I'm like pulling stuff out of my brain from 20 years ago. Because I think I did remember watching it. Do you remember? I didn't even know there was a Donkey Kong TV show at all. I think it was like one of the very first, like polygonal, you know, 3D TV shows, like behind Jimmy Neutron and Cubics or something like that. Like, oh my gosh. Really trying to draw back. I might have to look it up as as we continue our list because that's really cool. Um, (laughs) But my number four is Mario. Yeah. So, Mario. Before. Hell yeah! Mamma mia! Yeah. I mean, I couldn't not put him in there because he just means, like I said before, so much to gaming with me playing him on my, my aunt's uh, regular Nintendo system and just seeing how he goes into all different genres. And it's just... You think of games that it's always always synonymous with Mario. He's, like, the one that has really stood, you know, the test of time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you, like, Mario is, like... One of the most
1: iconic, like, fictional characters in anything. Like, everybody who knows who Mario is, like, he's such a massive character. And, uh, you know, it would be like, oh, it would, of course he'd be on your list. And it was on a lot of many people's list. He's not on mine. Spoiler alert! But uh, I'm glad you included him in yours because, yeah, he's Mario. Come on, he's the most infamous, famous plumber of all time. You've ever seen the, uh, the Super Mario movie? Like the old one, the like creepy uh, one.
0: <laughs> I've seen bits and pieces of it, and and it just rubbed me the wrong way.
1: I've seen enough of it through the Weekly Planet's uh, uh Mr. Sunday Movies review to like say nope, don't want that. No, a little too creepy yeah, for me.
0: Something really creepy about some of the henchmen. I think they were like the like it's, it's like it's got a there. good
1: cast. Like it's got like Bob Hoskins or like that. Like it's it looks interesting, but like it's very very hyper realistic no thank you <laughs> okay so my number 4 is another one that's very very serious guys i'm taking this very seriously um have you ever heard of the 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 uh, the, the of course you've heard of this game duck hunt oh yeah everybody's heard of duck hunt nine number 4 is the dog from duck hunt <laughs> The dog. For those who don't know, if you play Duck Hunt, and I had like like the gun, like a full like a full size like gun that connected to your like in the Nintendo NES like back in the day, and you like aim it at the thing is like this is like super technology for you know back in you know nineties or like two thousands tech, but of course normally speaking you just use a controller and you shoot the ducks, and then if you didn't catch any ducks. The dog would come out of the swamp and go (laughs) and just duck back down. Wow. The ultimate troll. That's why I love him. All right. He's such a troll. He's just there just to get on your nerves. And you try to shoot him and you can't. All right. He's invincible. (laughs) I love this dog because he's just a troll. He's there to annoy the heck out of you and you can't get him. So that's why he's my number four.
0: Yeah. And you know what? This is probably one of the most owned games ever because I believe this might have been a pack in with the Nintendo Entertainment System. I think may- maybe everybody maybe. got automatically. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My number three is going to be Commander Shepard from Mass Effect. And I picked the male version of Commander Shepard. But like I was saying before, off the top of the show, is like you're able to pick either your female or your male character. And you were able to make choices throughout the three games that have ramifications between each game, which is something that I hadn't really seen before in any game because nothing had a trilogy that was that interconnected so well before. And it's an RPG. So it's just really cool being able to kind of put your own morality through a simulator, if you will, in in the game itself to kind of like see where you would end up and He did have a personality like when you picked your choices like he actually had a voice he actually spoke so there is a little bit of like okay you got yourself in there but he's also has his own identity as well and yeah mass effect some of my favorite games like i can't wait for for the remaster to come out next month
1: yeah i've i mean like mass effect is another one of those like just massive franchises that you hear so much about and like i've had like just glancing experiences with it. I may have played it a couple times, but I don't really know much about it. But like you know, it's it's just one of those games, like just legendary. That I would I would probably expect like a movie or a TV show or something about Mass Effect at some point because it's just that big and that's what they do now. They're like, go oh, take this big video game and put it in a movie. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just it's legendary. It's great. And obviously, I mean, a lot of people mentioned that character tonight. A lot of Mass Effect love tonight. So you're not the only one for sure. <laughs> um, so my number, I believe we're on number threes now. Mm, that is correct. Okay, so I'm curious if you know this one. I-, I tried to go for some deep cuts here. I think I'm succeeding so far. And this one is no different. Pepper from the lego island games what does anybody know this besides me (laughs)
0: lego island when did this even come out for what systems (laughs) i i don't know i played it on my game boy oh it's a game boy game so
1: lego island I'm, i'm looking it up right now i believe it was a possibly a pc game at some point but I know for sure it was a game. There was three games. There was Lego let's see, Lego Island and there was Lego Island 2, The Bricksters Revenge and Island Extreme Stunts classic stuff. Um, and I think it was it says for Microsoft Windows. So it was it was a thing. But I played the I specifically played the, the, the video game, the the video game, the the Nintendo, you know, Game Boy version. And on oh, my Game Boy Advanced SP, or it may have been my Game Boy Color. I'm not sure. I had two Game Boys. Um, so the main character of the Lego Island games is a character, a little kid called who rides on a skateboard, and he's called Pepper Roni. Huh. It's Pepper Space Roni. And he's a pizza boy. <laughs> it's a pizza boy named Pepperoni. And uh he has a lot of adventures and eventually there's a level where he goes to space I think. Yeah, that's a thing that happens in the game towards the end like the boss levels in space. It's a
0: wild game. Wow. Very interesting. Yeah, I the only Lego games I've really played are the Star Wars ones and that's about it. Like I played the Force Awakens Lego game and well you guys talked about on the SWU I've been eagerly waiting the Skywalker Saga game. <laughs> and, uh, well we see if that's ever going to come out this year we'll, we'll see but yeah is that... hopefully
1: they'll put a pepperoni uh, minifig uh, easter egg in the new Lego Star Wars game because I'm <laughs> the only person in the world that will appreciate that
0: <laughs> yeah so my number two is going to be Arthur Morgan I know my buddy Chad we were talking about it He 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 didn't even give a description to that specific character because it's like enough is said about this character you, you could just read the name and know how epic this character was because he makes up the protagonist that you play in red dead redemption 2 and you go on a journey with this guy you're you're able to you start off with like this gang of of uh, misfits and um people just trying to get away from the law you're 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 yeah. trying to stay one step ahead the whole time but the game allows you to get haircuts. It, allows you to, like, it makes you want to like bathe. Because if you don't, then people are going to look at you. Because then you start getting dirty. It's a very detail-oriented game. And you can get different costumes and everything. And, and you really make this character your own. And just the performance that is put through. Like I said before, John Marston is a very good character. And Arthur Morgan is his buddy. And by the end of this thing you care so much about this character because he really is um kind of like an anti-hero. Like he's he's not a good guy. He's a criminal. But they make you believe and they they make you like empathize with this character. So by the end, you actually really feel for him, you know? And and I think that's something that's very hard to do, especially with video games. Like we don't get a lot of those strong narratives like Red Dead Redemption 2 and he is a shining example of how great storytelling can be in a video game
1: oh yeah i've i have not played red dead redemption 2 yet but i've seen a lot of gameplay i've talked about this before how i watch more way more like video game gameplay on youtube than actually play games and uh red dead redemption 2 is like one of the one of the my favorite games just to watch people play because it's just it's incredible man the the density of it and all this kind of stuff and it's just on top of like the world building and like what you can do in the game you also have just this incredible story with this deep character that you can fully customize like it's insane what they've done with those games and and continue to one-up themselves because the original red dead redemption was like was a fantastic game too and then they came back with that one um but yeah Arthur Morgan is like you know I, I like the kind of the idea like he kind of who you make him out to be but he's mm-hmm. he still has his own story and you can yep. kind of you know go either way you can kind of be a bad guy me kind of try to be a good guy I just love the details about you know the fact that you, you have to take baths you have to your hair grows you have to cut your hair it's just like that like it's so yep. realistic every little detail mm-hmm. and you just get in the game and go fishing like I know people that just like talk about yeah I went in fishing in a, in a video game yeah. Like, uh. That's yeah, just ridiculous, but also up. amazing.
0: <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, yeah. So good.
0: Oh, man. It is, it is amazing. It is amazing.
1: Oh, man. Well, OK, so maybe it's not. I don't know how on the amazing chart this is, but it's pretty amazing to me. My number two and Zach's not here, so I can say that without any uh, repercussions. i um, saying something, but
0: I'll, I'll
1: let it slide. <laughs> Please, please. All right. Um. So mine is from arguably my, my favorite video game of all time, Star Wars Battlefront II, the original from 2005. And it's the freaking Heavy Trooper. I'm taking a page out of Daniel Duquette's book here, and his his list was so near and dear to my heart because – We were on the same wavelength. He picked the original clone trooper. I'm taking it a step further. I'm saying the heavy trooper is the best class of trooper in that game. The reason being is you get a rocket launcher. I'm sorry, rocket rocket launchers trump blasters any day. You don't get as many rounds, but you can blow stuff up, and it's fun. And also, you can wreak so much havoc with the uh the mines that you get, you get like four of them. And what's fun is to have like friendly fire off to where you can't kill yourself with your own bombs. So you just walk up to a tank and just throw a mine on it and the thing just explodes. It's the most satisfying thing like I've ever experienced in my life. It's so much fun. And anytime I get to go back and play, I'm like always going back just to get the heavy trooper and just blow stuff up and you just you know, you set mines everywhere, and then next thing you know, you hear an explosion way off in the background and it's someone flying through the air because they stepped on one of your mines. Like it's just great, it's so much fun. <laughs>
0: so it's basically like a mega grenade in a sense.
1: Like it creates like this a massive explosion, like the version, like I've played the PS2 version, like it will like the game will glitch when like it like freezes for like a half second when someone steps on a mine because the in the it, like it's it the person just gets flung across the map like so fast and so wow. suddenly <laughs> that it almost breaks the game
0: oh crap those are always fun right we, we talk about games all night and you know we even mentioned a game like skyrim or a game like yeah. a creed you get you get games that are very large but they tend to have a lot of glitches which are just hilarious sometimes you're just they looking at so good
1: it's so like, good. like, 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 speaking of glitches, like going into like, like the best thing to do in like Battlefront Two, in like at least the version that I had, was to go into the Tatooine map, go into the arena or the 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 hangar thing, and then go into the wall. There's a place you can jump through the wall into the arena thing. So no one can see you, and you're glitching into the wall, and you just like shoot at everyone and like force push them and whatever, and they can't see you, they can't get
0: to you. Wow. the best the best oh man i i I think this brings it back to my number one game yes oh man all right well this one it actually didn't take me as long as i thought it would be to figure it out and well we've seen this name pop up a lot tonight and that has to do with john spartan 117 master chief and (laughs) Yeah, this guy, this guy was something that I've looked through the visor so many times I can't even I can't even begin to count because he brought on a new era of and I talked about community gaming and it brought a new new layer of multiplayer. I talked about GoldenEye where everybody would bring their controllers and it was the same thing with Xbox uh, with with Halo. Everybody had Halo in the neighborhood getting together playing on good old Blood Gulch. All who's driving the Warthog? Who's in the gunner seat? You know who's flying the Banshee? it was just making some of the best gaming memories I've ever had. I've, I've heard friends. I've heard different people talking about, even when they were a little older, they were playing in college. They would have like land parties. They would go between the rooms and, and have all the dorms connected on a LAN, playing on the, on the network back in that day. It was like, this game really changed the world. And, you know, he doesn't have much of a personality Master Chief, but it's not really his personality I care about, but so much as like the image of when I think about video game characters, he is like that again, classic doesn't say a whole lot goes in, gets so iconic has, has like one liners here and there, you know, but he really is uh, the face of gaming um, for me. And it really, I, I can't wait for halo infinite coming out. It's they've, They've had some missteps with him over the years. I'm not gonna lie about that, but I think your core Halo 1 through Halo 3 and Halo 4 for the mix are really good uh, adventures with, with the Master Chief.
1: Yeah, that I've I've only played a small bit of Halo over the years, but it's so much fun. And like one of the most satisfying experiences you can have in Halo, from my experience, is just like getting on a warthog and then like either you're driving and someone's in the turret or vice versa and just going around just mowing people down like it's yep. so much fun
0: yeah and then
1: on that like original map uh, like the the two words like two bases on one one end and the other yeah that's like cool. yeah so i love like one of my favorite memories is like people would like you're you're in the warthog and they would like jam the warthog into the base where it's yeah. not supposed to go <laughs> And people like people can't get out, and they're throwing grenades, and they're shooting. It's just mayhem.
0: It is so mayhem. That's what I loved about the game. Just a lot of fun to be had. Everybody's screaming like, ah, you know, just a lot of good, clean fun when you're when you're playing Halo. Oh man, that game, man, and that's that's, yeah, yeah. I still remember the day I found out about Halo. I believe I was like in second grade or third grade, and. And one of my friends brought over a like an instruction manual when they still printed those things in the game cases. And we were like in the middle of class and he just like passed me this game manual. I was like looking through all the characters, like the grunts, the elites and the jackals and the Spartans. Whoa, this is like Star Wars. Like you have all these different kind of aliens and, and characters. I'm like, I really want to play this. But it was just goes back in time to like, yeah, the instruction manuals, you know, you look at those things even before you put the game in just to get excited about it. Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love all the just deep lore and stuff like that. It's so good. (laughs) Okay, so I think it's my time for my number one. And you know what? I actually thought about this one. I did. And it's one, you know, some of mine. Yeah, I, I've been having a little too much fun tonight, but I, I had to give my number one a little more – be a little more deeper, a little more deeper for deep, – not a deeper cut because this is a very popular choice, and a lot of people had him on their list, but it's a, it's a deeper choice for me personally, and it's one that I think is a really compelling character in the Star Wars universe and one that even though he's not canon anymore – I still love him a lot, and I think he had a wonderful story. And I'd love to see him come back in some way. And of course, I'm talking about Galen Merrick, aka Starkiller. i I've always loved the story of Force Unleashed. I think it was brilliant the way they did it out the first story. I mean, obviously, it kind of goes off the rails into, you know, and obviously you have that that cliffhanger, but like the first story is just great. Yes, you know he forms a rebel alliance. It's not canon anymore. You know you got rebels, everything like that is overwritten. Whatever, it doesn't matter. I don't care. It's still just a fun story, and a, you know about you know delving into the idea of Darth Vader's secret apprentice and all this stuff, and having this guy kind of come to terms with who he is and turn that around and and actually end up starting the rebellion. I think it's a very ironic and a very Neat story and also one that I think is just a heck of a lot of fun. So many great characters: Proxy, ramkota Juno, Eclipse. There's so many great characters in there, but Starkiller I think is one of the most deepest. And it's a large credit to Sam Witwer being the incredible actor that he is. And and you know we now we have him as as Maul and you know the Sun and all these amazing characters. But like it started with Starkiller. Like, we wouldn't have any of that without him being Starkiller in The Force Unleashed. That was where he started in Star Wars. And so, you know, we have to give it to that game and give it to that character for being so influential in Star Wars.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, he, well, to a certain degree, like I said, I have really a soft spot for, for Cal, um, Cal Kessis from uh, Jedi Fallen Order, but yeah, he really set the stage for Cal We might've not even ever had a Jedi Fallen Order because uh, the combat i like the way he had the reverse script there's just a, such a good person yeah. you know like, the characters that he's that he's surrounded by like you said proxy and Juno you know clips and and just the way that you can tie in a video game so well to the movies and open up new doorways for things you never thought about um between the movies right like we never thought about vader having an apprentice we never thought about what it might be like if you actually killed the Emperor. That's what I really like, too. It's like you could actually do different endings, right? You could kill Vader. You can kill the Emperor. Then they had like this DLC where you're going around in Jabba's Palace and like slaying like Gamorian guards and then going to Hoth and killing Luke. Like there is crazy like alternate things you can go through, alternate storylines. Did you ever um, do any of that stuff, too? It's like I got it in like the ultimate Sith Lord edition or something like that. That might have been in two. I'm not even sure what that was in actually now.
1: That, yeah, they had the, I mean, that was, there was a lot of DLCs after that that they did. I didn't get into much of that. I only ever played the PS2 version, which is vastly different in gameplay and in, not in, well, there's some story differences too um, in that, but it's not like the clean, pristine, like, you know, the, the, the big version that they always advertise. It was a bit more, it was a bit more downgraded because it was for PS2. And it was a, The time when they would actually make a game for the PS2. That's how old The Force Unleashed is. And, you know, obviously the the Xbox versions and stuff like that were were much more advanced, but, you know, the story was still there. And I actually like the PS2 version because you could, you would go, you would have like these in between missions and you would go to the, the, the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. And you would yeah. like fight like Darth Desilus, and all this different stuff and really neat, neat stuff that you you didn't necessarily get in the in the big version. So uh, I like that a lot. And I you know even though it got bonkers at certain points, um, I really I really enjoyed you know watching gameplay of like the Ultimate Sith Edition where you know it's it's like him as Vader but he's going on Tatooine. He's fighting Ben Kenobi and Luke Skywalker and like it's it's and then he ends up like murdering Han Solo and Chewie on Endor later I think I don't know it was crazy
0: <laughs> yeah it really really added to a lot and there's so many Star Wars games with so many Star Wars characters right you got games from Nights of the Republic you got games like Kyle Katarn from the from the Dark Forces uh era of games there so the Republic Commando were mentioned a few times in in these in lists here so there really is a lot to pull from. So so the fact that you choose Starkiller and a lot of other people chose Starkiller on this uh, list really really says a lot there.
1: It does indeed. It does indeed. And I, I think that's it. Did we, we covered everything. We got our list and everything, didn't we? I think all we have to do is figure out who the victor was. <laughs> well, you've crunched the numbers. Please enlighten us as to what you found out.
0: Yeah, so it was kind of close. Uh, coming in with about eight votes, we have Mario. Oh, wow. And that is in second place. But coming in first, we have Master Chief with 11 votes. Wow. Yeah. Master uh, Chief. Yeah, yeah. We got a lot of votes as well for Revan, Starkiller. They're around five apiece. We got a couple for Marcus Phoenix. Ezio of Assassin's Creed surprised me. We got about six or seven uh, with, with Ezio. So I was really quite pleased to see Assassin's Creed. It's been a long, ongoing series. But yeah, just to give you guys kind of perspective here, uh, we had so many categories of, the, of these games. Like we, we had uh, over 50 unique choices for, for the games that were submitted, for the game characters that were submitted. And we had well over 30 game franchises in total. Um, so I'm not sure if that if that sets any kind of record for IPC, but it was definitely a lot to filter through. Uh, definitely a lot to kind of comprehend because some of them I didn't even recognize. Uh, but and we had a lot of participation today. I'm not sure that the final numbers on on our votes submitted, but I would sh- I would assume it's got to be pretty high for you guys. I to be
1: honest, Zach usually does this. So I'm gonna have to confer with him to see exactly like as he might have a better idea of like what our record actually is. We had a huge turnout tonight. So I this has gotta be like in, in tropical fashion top five this is probably one of our top five top five episodes like in uh audience participation so uh that's things and all that's credit to you Chris you're the one that came up with this so so props for for doing this and this was a heck of a lot of fun
0: oh yeah um thanks for real reeling me in a little bit as, at points because I can go on and on as we seen no, with no. This.
1: no no I and... love seriously no no, all honesty. I loved listening to you. just go on and on and on about this stuff you were so passionate, and that's exactly why I wanted you on this show for this episode because you're just you're an expert, you know so much about this, so much stuff that I don't even know. I know Zach would probably have lost two if he was here, so like it's <laughs> it's it's so much fun to you know listen to you, talk about this, and I hope you guys in the audience really enjoy this too because you know. It's it's not always fun to listen to somebody talk about something that they don't know what they're talking about. So it's nice to just bring on someone that does know what they're talking about, that they are
0: an expert. So that's what we brought you on, Star Raptor. Hey, I appreciate I appreciate it, Ben. But yeah, I, I mean, games, one of my favorite things besides Star Wars, as I always say. So you, you got me on that. It didn't take much convincing for me to come on for an episode about video games. That's for sure that's amazing. Um okay,
1: so full disclosure here. So we are on a limited time here because of a certain glitch in our system. We can only we can only broadcast for 3 hours tonight. And I'm currently looking at the clock and we have broadcast for 2 hours and 52 minutes. <laughs> We are about eight minutes away from being cut off. So we're going to have to wrap
0: this up, guys. All right. BBQ watch three, two, one. What, what are we talking about?
1: I don't know. I don't even know if we need to do it. Oh, you God. have an idea. Okay. Okay. Let's do BBQ watch. We'll just keep going until we run out of time. All right. Well, that's just the rule. Okay. So BBQ watch like barbecue related like games or like restaurant related games. Like, the only thing I can think of is there used to be a Facebook game I used to – I can't remember the name of it. I think it was Cafe something, and you would, like, run your own restaurant, and, like, that was the whole thing. It was, like, Farmville, same people that made that. In retrospect, probably pretty crummy, but I remember having fun with it, and that's really like, the only time. I know there is, like, other food games and stuff like that out there. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, I mean the most recent thing I could think of was from Star Wars The Old Republic. They introduced like a really interesting mini game where you are you you take control of a serving droid and you like go up to like the cantina counter and you have to like deliver different foods. It's like a mini game so it'll direct you like with lights where you have to go. Oh my gosh, that's cool. Um, they they have that in there and they also have another thing where you actually go into like the kitchen and you actually have to like get different star Wars of objects and like throw them on the grill, throw them in the pot in a certain amount of time to get credit for the quest. So it's like, Oh, throw this nexu claw in the pot. And then, and then get this, uh, uh, what is it called? Like, um, whatever those pests are from the empire strikes back, um, (laughs) that are attacking the the millennium Falcon that are inside the Exogorth. Um, the, the Minox, Minox. Yeah. Yeah. It's like throw the Minox in the pot, put this on a burner um get this egg and throw it in here so like that that's something of recent memory but a lot of world of warcraft games i remember cooking um to level up that stat for the longest time it's like i got to get the cooking skills up to 300 so i can i can make this this fish feast for all my fellow raiders to get buffed up with with more health you know it's like all those like little crazy things where sometimes like the cooking things in games actually end up like getting me more enticed in the game itself you know it, it's crazy it's almost like relaxing like i'm gonna sit here and just like constantly cook these ribs these basted boar ribs from from uh, the elwyn forest so there, there's your barbecue link um one of the first recipes you learn in world of warcraft is a barbecue basted boar ribs
1: oh my gosh that's funny <laughs> <laughs> unexpected
0: barbecue yeah, if you ever seen South Park, they're killing like a million boars to get from like level one to sixty. And that that awesome episode.
1: That does sound like a great South Park episode. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Um, oh, and Court of the night. You have any favorite video game character quotes in mind? Hmm.
0: Ah oh, man, I should have thought this one over. <laughs>
1: And I should have given you a fair warning. So it's my fault. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just 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 Um, I would say probably probably the Master Chief probably this is pretty on the spot here as far as with with what we're dealing with, like a time running out. Um, But Master Chief just like saying it's time to finish the fight, you know, like we got to get in there. and I actually use that with um with like, you know, real life quotes. I'll be like. Doing different things like right at the end, it's like time to finish this fight, you know, just like with that gravitas (laughs) behind it.
1: Um, I'm thinking of Battlefront specifically, just like the random phrases that clone troopers throw out for the Republic, watch those wrist rockets.
0: Oh, you can't forget about those wrist rockets.
1: No, don't, don't forget about the wrist rockets, watch them, watch those wrist rockets. Um, and I also love I always always love the dialogue when you played capture the flag and it was like this passive aggressive like imperial officer in your ear constantly if you play for the Empire like the, the, the enemy has the flag take it back this was this insubordination will not be tolerated like just like <laughs> random stuff like, <laughs> like threatening you because uh yeah the empire is not very good working for him is great. Alright, so we got about three minutes left. Um, Star Raptor, please tell the people where they can find you online because you got a lot of stuff going on. You get a YouTube channel, you've got a Twitter, obviously. Throw it all out there so people can find you.
0: Yeah, so for, for my YouTube channel, I do a lot of um, a lot of movie reviews lately. I've been I just seen uh, Godzilla vs. Kong have that review up there. But I do awesome. talk about games. Uh, every once in a while I might do like a, a live stream of a game on my YouTube channel. Uh, haven't done that in a while but um i might post like a clip or two on twitter from time to time that would be uh star raptor so so look forward to to seeing those occasionally but i also talk a lot about games on twitter retweet things like a lot of stuff about the news with the new consoles there's a lot of cool stuff going around so i'm always talking about games um over there i'm not not super active on on instagram like i used to be but i have one on there as well um but yeah, you can find me just talking about pop culture stuff in general on, on Twitter and YouTube at Raptor. Excellent.
1: Excellent. And I'm going to use this opportunity again to thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming on and co-hosting with me. This would have not been nearly as entertaining if I'd just done this by myself. I'm glad you came on to keep me company and and to keep me from sounding like an absolute crazy person trying to do the show on my own. So thank you for that and Thank you for bringing your expertise and your enthusiasm for video games. I wish we had more than three hours to talk about it because that was awesome.
0: (laughs) Yes, well, we'll find another reason to talk about video games one of these days. I'm sure for for real. There's there's so much to talk about genres, uh, just time periods, whatever. So much to talk about platforms. It's good. It's so Thank good. you so much for having me on here. It's been a blast. It really has. Oh,
1: it's great. Always great to have you, man. And we can't wait to have you back real, real soon. Um, so I have about a minute and a half to go through the plug. So I'm going to go through it really quick. Um, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IPC Podcast. You can follow me personally at Ben Hart with no E on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can follow uh, Zach at Zach.TheVoice on Twitter and Instagram. You can find our... Uh, other podcasts, our IPC, now on Fandom Empire. Um, Zach also does Fandom News Now over on Fandom Empire every single week. Definitely go check that out. Check out Cultureslake.com for all of everything I'm doing over there. Go check out Star Wars Underworld.com for all the latest Star Wars news. Uh, Podcast uh, IPC is up there all the time. Go check that out. Um, our official hosting site is ipcpodcast.podbean.com, and you can get swag at tpublic.com slash user slash ipcpodcast. And I've still got 40 seconds left. Yes! Um, and I will use this opportunity to say um, there are big things coming, guys. I'm just going to throw that out there, all right? I can't talk about it yet, but there is some amazing, amazing stuff happening, and uh, IPC is uh, – yeah, the next chapter begins – Very, very soon. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you guys as soon as I can. But with that, 15 seconds, 14 seconds, it's counting down. I will just say, uh, yeah, good night, guys. I don't know how to end this show. I don't have time. It's over.
0: Game over.